Hi, I'm Trevor, and welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. If you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and, in essence, catch up on our cinema. So it is the month of February 2022 and is once again that very special time of the month wherein we do our very special Tales from the Shelf episode. Uh, and in joining me in this endeavor, I have my good buddy Brad from the Cinema Speak podcast. Say hello, Brad. Thanks for having me again, Trevor. This will be fun, uh, fun time. Oh, always happy to have you, Brad. I'm so happy that I have a buddy that can join me in these endeavors from month to month. Uh, this is not easy to do solo, I will tell you that much. <laughs> um, but you know what they say, uh, the more the merrier. Uh, so this time around, uh, we are very lucky to be joined by a pair of guests, uh, in addition to Brad, in the form of Brian and Michelle from the Movies for Life podcast. How's it going, guys? Hello. Great. Thanks for having us. <laughs> I'm good. Absolutely. No, I was very excited to talk to both of you because uh, I've been listening to the show for a little while now, and uh, I, I really enjoy listening to your program. Like, there's there's just like a, a certain warmth that comes with the conversations Aww. you two have, and, and there's a, I love a that. there's an enthusiasm and a warmth that can, can only come through, like, true friendship and talking about movies and whatnot. And on top of that, some of the picks you've had from month to month have been... I know. Pretty, I know. pretty fucking stellar. Um, I, yeah. I, in particular, in particular, I quite enjoyed the Child's Play episode, the the one and two episode. I've had a couple people bring that one up lately. That's yes. really cool. <laughs> Those are her favorites. Those are my favorites. Yeah. Well, and it, it it shone through, like through the discussion. Like you could tell that, like one of, if not both of the parties involved, is really into these movies. <laughs> so it was a good listen. Uh, <laughs> I like them too, but they're just not as personal to me as they are to her. But yeah, boy, uh, those were fun though. That was a great. That was a lot of fun to do that one. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, as I said, uh, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Uh, this is a inter- oh. this is an interesting experiment in expanding the program a little bit. And uh, what's more, uh, from what I understand, uh, the both of you, um, I can certainly tell from looking at your, the backgrounds of your webcam feeds here. It seems like uh, <laughs> uh, movies, uh, movie collections in particular, are something that both of you happen to have. Um, and yeah. th- this uh, program serves as a showcase for exactly that. So it seems like we have. A good a good group here uh, for talking about movies. They're not they're not in this particular room, but I, I, uh, there are four bookshelves in my living room with all my movies on them. So. Four, yeah. Brad, Brad, how many shelves you got? Uh, I don't like discussing numbers. Uh, I'll, that's, that's too personal. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. But you got me beat. That's for sure. I have the I have the horror movies in here, and then I've got the rest out in our media room i guess you could call it oh media room there's a room with a tv in it okay <laughs> that's, about, that's about as media room as it gets so okay well um i don't exactly know what to call uh this month's episode uh, we've been pretty keen on like alliterative alliterative titles from month to month uh, but i don't really have one off the cuff here so i'll, I'll probably have to fix it in post um but uh, folks at home, if you're not familiar with the show format, essentially what we're going to do here is just uh, do a little show and tell uh, with movies from our respective collections. So we're just going to rotate through the group here and uh, just do a little exhibition of uh, some of the, uh, I guess, the theme that we decided on before we started recording is uh, like interesting or like additions to be proud of, like like cool additions of movies that you have in your collection. 
So uh, being as extremely uh, excellent editions, I <laughs> said that really, really wrong. Extremely, <laughs> extremely excellent, excellent editions. Edition. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> Why not? Pretty terrible. <laughs> Ones that went the extra mile. Yeah. Okay. Bringing something cool. Well, this will be interesting because Brad and I uh, did box sets uh, not too long ago, so I'm, I'm hoping he and I have some new stuff to show off. I, I tried my best to like dig through my memory and, and pull some new shit out of my ass, but we'll see what we get today. But anyway, uh, <laughs> being as we have uh, some new guests joining us this month, uh, Brian, Michelle, either one of you want to start us off with uh, your first pick? Brian will. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, buddy. It's Just me. throw him under the bus. <laughs> All good. All good. So it's kind of my job. It is. It is. But that's fine. Um so anyway, I'm going I, I have a DVDs and I have Blu-rays and I have a couple 4Ks. But the some of the coolest editions came out on DVD and they just don't do the same yeah. kinds of things for blu-ray as, as they did for for dvd sort of when it was a king of the of the formats right so uh back in 2005 i got this really nifty edition of king kong okay so this has got this amazing it comes in this awesome tin first of all you know you pop it open and it has you know the digipack thing going on so Let's see here. Ah, yeah. And um, it's got the movie on one, and then, of course, all the special features. Some of them are kind of cool. Uh, massive documentary on the making of it. It also has uh, Peter Jackson's recreation of the lost uh, spider pit sequence, um, which is pretty fun. So, I mean, they did it all stop motion and everything. Um, and while they were making... Um, you know, the Peter Jackson King Kong as well. So is this edition is probably 2004, 2005 to coincide with that. But um, it's got um, uh, a reproduction of the original program from Grumman's Chinese Theater from its premiere. That's, um, cool. that's pretty nifty. Wow. Um, it came with a set of postcards of various forms of the poster. Um and there's actually a, a second set of those here. Sorry. There's, there's a lot more in here than I remembered. So it's got a bunch of stuff. And and if you look over my shoulder here, you'll see the King Kong poster. Uh, it's just the same as the cover I showed here. Um, but that was a special order with this edition. You could send out for it. And that's not all even. <laughs> that's why this is one of my favorite sets ever um is on top of all that this also came with son of kong which is not great yeah but it's fun <laughs> <laughs> and mighty joe young which is good yeah so uh anyway uh this is early work of um of um uh, why can't i think willis o'brien no, the other one. Uh, Ray Harryhausen? <laughs> Ray Harryhausen. Oh, my gosh. Take away my horror card for that one. Okay, but anyway. I had no idea what you were talking about. Yeah, so, so, um, yeah, so you have Willis O'Brien and Ray Harryhausen working together on that, which is pretty cool. Um, so that edition, so, man, this is nifty. 
I think. I still love this. And, you know, one of these days I'm going to write about that movie and, you know, we'll see how that goes. I mean, but, that's, that is yeah. quite a undertaking for sure. I, I bet that's intimidating just to think about like, oh no, like what if I leave something out? <laughs> like, like, yeah, <laughs> but I always do. Um, and I always get told about it in the comments. So, you know, <laughs> um, never read the comments. No, I don't. <laughs> but I, I'm sure I, I'm sure I It's like, you forgot this or that. It's like, yeah, I know. Probably. Well, the important thing to remember is that it, it, it doesn't exist unless you do it. So even if it come, even if it's put out there in an imperfect form, yeah. it's now it's out there. Good. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> And I got paid, so who cares? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's really incredible. That's the uh, but wait, there's more edition of King yeah. Kong. <laughs> yeah. That, so I that that was one of those that when that came out, it was like, okay, I gotta have that because mm. that's pretty awesome. So I've never actually seen the original King Kong. Is that a future episode, Brian? We'll see. <laughs> hey, we could do that in a remix episode. That's true. But of course, we would have to, and the, maybe the 1976 King Kong, which I also got this new Scream Factory <laughs> yeah, edition you did. of that. <laughs> I know you like that one. Which is a bad movie, but it is, I love it dearly. <laughs> you know, it's one of those. Uh, uh, yeah, him uh, blowing on her to drive yeah, her it's, off. It's, it's interesting. It's like, well, when what? you think about the, the, the when you think about the the craftsmanship that went into the animatronics of the yeah. cheeks, like yeah. <laughs> the bellows cheeks, it's like yeah. they really put a lot of money and time and effort into that horrible idea. <laughs> they really did. Yeah. Um, but there's something about that '76 version that I don't know. It, it I've always kind of loved it it's probably pure nostalgia because you know it's it's the first one i saw it was the first time and the kong costume's pretty good you know I and mean, there's some cool stuff in it but um you know the original and i i really like the peter jackson one too actually so um i'm just i've got a soft spot for that big dumb monkey um so <laughs> <laughs> so anyway yeah, that's a pretty incredible set you got there. I mean, how did everything fit in that case? I mean, you just kept pulling more and more out. It was like a magician's hat. Well, technically, the the this is just one thing, and then the other two movies are separate. Gotcha. So, so they, they were, like, packaged together in a bigger box, but I no longer have that bigger box. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, it suffered the same fate as uh, many a Super Nintendo game box. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh no, that would be valuable down the road. I had it for a long time, and then there was just like, there was no point anymore. So, no. <laughs> well, no, that's really incredible. Thanks for sharing that. But um, absolutely, how you want to do this? You want to go counterclockwise, clockwise? Michelle, I'm giving you an out here. <laughs> I don't care. I'm good okay, now. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, here, go ahead and take the reins then. Well, since we just talked about it, I might as well do this one first. Um, there was one thing that I pre-ordered, like, the second I heard about it was the Scream Factory mm. edition of Child's Play. Um, the, whatever, the, the super limited edition was not just this, though. It also came with, um, I can, the posters are behind me. It's like, there's a poster of this and of, like, a, a good guy uh looks like the good outside of a good guy box so it came with two posters and 
this guy right oh. here. <laughs> How cute is he? <laughs> that made me think of something else. What do you uh -oh. I have uh -oh. an I have another one. I have like a stuffed one that's from Child's Play Two. Oh. Um, but this one is actually you can't really see his his face. He looks a lot better. It's actually pretty pretty accurate to how he looks in the first couple of movies. Yeah, it's pretty good. He's adorable. So, um, and I love this edition. The movie looks beautiful, and there's some great uh, special features. Like one of my favorite features, I talked about it on on the episode where we talked about uh, Child's Play and Child's Play Two was um, just like an hour long special about how behind the scenes of, of them like working with a doll and the the mechanics of it. Yeah, they did an awesome job with my favorite horror movie. So. Of course, I had to include this because this is my, one of my prized possessions. <laughs> <laughs> to have a wonderful edition of your favorite movie. I mean, what more do you want? Yeah, I'm. I'm actually curious. Like, so you you guys did a, a double feature talking about both Child's Play and Child's Play Two, like in mm -hmm. in the same episode. And uh, like personally, like I don't know, like maybe it's because I've seen it more, but like I always really enjoyed the second one in particular. Just because of how audacious it is and how awesome. how over the top it gets, especially in its final act. But even in terms yep. of like cinematography and whatnot, even basic dialogue scenes have kind of like a overlit kind of like otherworldly kind of vibe to them. They do a lot of interesting mm -hmm. stuff with like the the height of the camera and whatnot, and maintaining kind of like the child's perspective because yeah. like it makes it makes things that ordinarily like like conversations between adults it makes things like that this would be seemingly innocuous seem like somehow intimidating being shot from the perspective of of a child who's not not in that group or something or, or somehow outside of that but michelle like in this moment as we're talking like is is child's <laughs> play one the the favorite is that is that the yes. favorite between the two mm -hmm. okay yeah that 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 episode was because um, Child's Play really should have been on my list of our our top. We did our list of uh, five like forever favorite movies, you know, like just your top five ones that will always be your favorites, like no matter what else changes. Like I don't know why I didn't include Child's Play in that original list <laughs> <laughs> because I, it's been in my life like forever, and I, I adore it still to this day. Um, so we. We did a special episode to cover it, and Brian's favorite of the series is the second one, and I love it just as much too. Um, so we just—that's why we decided to do that episode like that, just to—and because I had never gotten a chance to talk about Child's Play before, and it's my favorite movie. So well, that worked out beautifully then. But uh, yeah. Brad, um, Brad likes to do lists. Uh, this is one thing that I, I certainly know about Brad. Brad, Brad loves him. It's a the list. only reason I do anything to just to make lists out of it. But I'm curious, Brad, have you have you ever done that? Have you ever put together like a, a forever favorite, like top five for you? Uh, no, I I don't think I've ever done anything like that. I was reminded. I don't know where I put it, but um, I did do a top ten Scream Factory releases, and I know I put that Scream uh, that Child's Play blu-ray somewhere i don't remember where it was in the top 10 because that that is a great release mm -hmm. and uh i even like the artwork on it like some of scream factory's artwork yeah. can be a little eh, like a little busy but i i don't know that one's nice it's it. a nice new commissioned artwork i i, I really like that release because he look because it's like giant chucky and it's like he's like looking over this the house where they i like it was, it's good um i mm -hmm. concept art for it yeah yeah well, even the shading and the color palette has a grime to it that fits mm. that movie in particular. Because, like, the first one's pretty 
like dingy like it has a like a mean quality to some of those like street sequences and whatnot sure, the yeah. second one's a little brighter not more friendly yeah. just just the color palette's more expanded it's but, more colorful yeah but yeah the, the cover for that one seems to jive with that really well but um brad pick is to you sir uh what do yeah. you got for us well, I wasn't I wasn't going to lead with this one and uh I'll be honest, I I didn't th- there was no um like thinking behind this pick other than I was like, "Oh, what's some cool additions?" So I didn't even actually pick this knowing that you guys were going to be on this episode. It just kind of happened this way. Uh I've got the Arrow 4K release of Wes Craven's The Hills Have Eyes, <laughs> which uh just came out uh I don't know, like it may or may not be in his file. <laughs> it's not the 4K. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I mean, it's, listen, I, it's basically, I think it's almost exactly the same release. This yeah, I know. That's why I did, <laughs> didn't upgrade it. But yeah. And, and honestly, yeah, it's it's a pretty minimal upgrade. I didn't already have the Blu-ray. Yeah. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have upgraded. Um, but yeah, it's it's not my favorite uh, Wes Craven film by any stretch. But, you know, it's definitely very influential, early, you know, just grimy 70s horror film. And uh, I mean, some of the stuff that's included in this limited edition I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to flaunt this 4K limited edition <laughs> in front of you here, but you know, you got the, you got the release, and we got a nice little. Uh, I think it's like one of their 40 arrows, 40 page booklets here. You got some yeah. uh, essays in here, some some pictures and some words, all very nice <laughs> stuff. You got a poster. Some I want and some words. <laughs> I won't un. I'll, I'll unroll the poster. Why not? We're getting crazy tonight. We so. Got the, the Blu-ray edition does not have all the cool stuff. It's pretty much just the disc. Yeah. So, um, but it does have lots of nifty special features on it. So. Yeah, it's it's a good release. And, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll tell you this. Sure, your release might not have the poster or the booklet, but if it makes you feel any better, I haven't read anything out of the booklet and the poster's not being used at all so basically i've got the same exact release as you. <laughs> pretty much pretty much well do you however have the arrow release of the hills have eyes part two i do not have part two so you beat me there you've got which, me beat there which does have the poster and a lot of the same kinds of stuff that you're talking about with uh, hills have eyes part one movie sucks but man um <laughs> you know what actually i take that back i actually like this better than i remembered Really? I, yes, I there's a dog flashback. The dog flashback back is sort of mm-hmm. sublime and sort of a joke, but it's kind of just sort of a a nifty slasher movie. It's yeah. it's not uh, it's not The Hills Have Eyes, but it's not it's not a dumpster fire either, in my opinion. As much as mm-hmm. Wes thought it was. So yeah. Yeah, I, I've actually never seen part two, but uh, mostly just because I've heard bad. mostly bad things about it. But uh, yeah. I, I, I'm curious to pick it up because, you know, I already I own this one and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the releases go nicely together. They do. But yeah. I, I love Arrow's box. Like the, when you get yes. the limited edition with the box. Oh, just amazing. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> Might be some of those coming up. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this Michelle. Michelle is an arrow stan. If we, I love if, arrow. As the kids say, right? Yeah. Arrow yep. is probably my favorite label. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, I only have like maybe two or three discs of theirs. Um, I've, wow. I I appreciate what I have, but I, I I just don't have a huge like amount of their catalog on my shelf. But 
I'm I'm thinking there's a couple more titles in particular that I should definitely uh, reach out and grab. But like Brad, what's your Arrow situation like? Like you know, I really like Arrow. I don't have like as many Arrow titles as I would have thought because uh, I recently separated all my Blu-rays uh, by distributor, so I nice. can just look over yeah. and see how many I got. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I love Arrow. I don't know why I don't have as many as I'd like. I don't know if it's just like. You know, I feel like with, uh, like, Vinegar Syndrome and Criterion, I like how they have, like, every, like, what we would be, like, a biannual or, tw- like, twice a year sale, and it's always the exact same time, so you know when you're going to stock up on those titles. Arrow, their sales are a little more all over the place. You never yeah. know exactly when they're going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never know, like, I think the last sale they had, I just splurged on a bunch of other blu-rays and so i didn't pick up anything in the last sale but i do love arrow i just i wish i had more of their titles i yeah. think it, it for me it's a a lot of it's just bad timing honestly because they have some wonderful films in their catalog it's just the yeah. time the time of the releases tends to come a little late for me where it's like these are things that i already have and they're oftentimes things that i know like the back of my hand so i'm not in the biggest of hurry to upgrade like right fucking now because like yeah. like Tremors, it's like I already have a Blu-ray of it. It's not an amazing Blu-ray, but it's a Blu-ray. And RoboCop, <laughs> Brad's been teasing me about the fact that I am gonna double dip on that shit because I did, <laughs> I did, I you did should. get the Arrow it's Blu-ray, good. and the 4K is now coming out. It's like, fuck. <laughs> like, I have the I have the Steelbook, the Arrow <laughs> RoboCop uh, Steelbook. It's pretty cool. I, I'm so, going to get that yeah. for sure. <laughs> so, um. Do you mind if I piggyback on Brad's real quick? I just Absolutely. this is super it. quick. I just Go wanted to it. say this was actually one of my picks, The Last House on the Left. Oh. Um, so, but since yeah, hey, since we were talking about um, Hills of Eyes already, might as well pair them up here. Um, so this is the Arrow edition, you know, super nice special edition, three discs of all sorts of different cuts of the movie, and uh, this is the ultimate edition of The Last House on the Left, a movie that. I have owned, but rarely watch. Uh, but uh, it is, this is a damn good edition though. Yeah. And so anyway, uh, so just cause it's so connected to the Hills Have Eyes, I just thought I'd throw that out real quick. Let me ask you, you said it's, you know, it's a movie that you rarely watch and you know, I understand. I've why. watched it more I, recently than I expected to, cause I wrote have, some articles. Have you on watched it. the Arrow disc? Yes. Okay. I've well, watched it be- twice. You're better than me because I've I uh, bought spent thirty bucks on that and I haven't watched it once. Well, <laughs> I don't think I, I have either. I wrote a I wrote a series on um, Wes Craven and and so um, it was imperative that I rewatch The Last House on the Left, uh, which is not an easy watch at all for lots of reasons. Right. Not the there's the subject matter is, <laughs> but it's also it's a pretty damn uneven film. Um, yeah, and it's yeah. it's it's a, it's a it's a tough movie. Some of the acting is less than great it cuts weird uh all sorts of things but um thematically it's so key to craven's work um but yeah i have uh and i've watched a lot of the special features on it too um i haven't i've only watched the longest cut i haven't watched the shorter ones i haven't watched like the krug and company cut which is shorter like the edited down version that you know was censored down to this you know sort of movies but they're all on there for some reason you know, I mean, it's just sort of sort of like every version of the film they could find is is on that disc. And it's sort of like, OK, cool. Let's let's do this thing. You know, that's cool, though. And I love <laughs> that they did that, you know, just to have those options and comparisons. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, kind of kind of random and not to get us back talking about that big dumb monkey again but, but uh the 1976 king kong uh yeah. did does the scream factory have the the television cut it does it i does. tried to watch that and i was like i there's i can't find anything worthwhile <laughs> like this is just this is it's just padded. it just kind of has more of the the electronic the uh like giant animatronic ape uh. mechanical ape that <laughs> does not look good at all yeah and and was sort of thankfully cut down in the in the uh theatrical release so. Yeah, there, there's certainly differences, but I, I I tried to watch it like keeping an eagle eye out for for like mm. important differences, and very few of them were like I think what Charles Grodin's the character has a slightly different demise, but it's like right. this much difference. But right. anyway, uh, Brad, why did you pick that one in particular? Uh, like, it, was it mostly aesthetics, or is it like on your mind lately, or something? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I think the 4k came out within the last four or five months or whatever. So it was kind of on my mind and, uh, you know, I was looking at my arrow titles, my 4k titles, and, uh, I've got, uh, two arrow 4k titles. I also have their release of da- uh, David Lynch's Dune, mm-hmm. but that one, uh, you know, very controversial. They cut some of the promised bonus features and I said, you know what, because you cut that, uh, feature-length making-of documentary from the disc that they originally had intended to have on there. I said, we can't include that one. we got to go with Hills Have Eyes. So I guess yeah. that's kind of why I decided on that one. <laughs> well, it's a really handsome package. I mean, damn, that's, like, yeah. really, that, that's very impressive. That's good for a display piece yeah. and, and, you know, decent movie on top of that. But Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah Hills Have Eyes is actually top five Craven for me. I really? like it that much, yeah. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. folks at home, I, I don't know if you're able to see or if you, you didn't notice or not, but uh, both of our, our esteemed guests here, aside from Brad, are wearing <laughs> directed by Wes Craven t-shirts. <laughs> so <laughs> if there's a theme among the picks for today, may, there's a reason why. <laughs> that was the only one. There I, I, is an actually. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that, okay. I, yeah. I thought about the I, And the only reason. I have that one too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, okay. and it was total coincidence that we happened to be wearing the same shirt. I, I think so. it's fitting. It, it yeah. shows y- unity <laughs> yeah. like it on, the, on the part of our, our, our co-hosts. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so I suppose the pick is to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's my damn show. So I'm going to cheat because that's what I do. Brad's very Hey, I already this. have and I'm a guest. So <laughs> Well, that's the thing. It like Tales from the Shelf is a it's Thunderdome rules. Like it's Excellent. Not, not so much to like to go in one leaves. It's it's more just there are no rules. It's Calvin Ball. Um nice. so I have here a, a trio of films, but they're all related and they're all directed by the same person. And these are on DVD. So Brad's about to get out his barf bag. Um, you two wouldn't know this, but Brad is not especially a fan of the DVD format. Although the packaging, uh, like the the dimensions of the boxes and whatnot, I, I would I would assume Brad, you you can appreciate the aesthetics of a DVD package, correct? Uh, He's making a that face nowadays. that's telling me even no. That <laughs> <laughs> no exceptions. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let me just get to it then so i have here uh pat labor the movie uh this is a big old hard box it's a limited yeah uh pat labor the movie this is a japanese animated film uh it's directed by mamoru oshi uh who is the director of a ghost in the shell 
okay. uh, um, among many other films. This is kind of a, it started out as like a, a television series that was his baby. And uh, it became like a, a series of direct-to-video uh, films and then a series of theatrical films. They made three of them. And this package is absolutely incredible. Um, it's it's numbered. Uh, this is number 6,741 out of 10,000. But um, we have here uh, like a p- production guide booklet, uh, collector's edition packaging, uh, storyboards, like the entire animated film in storyboard, um, all contained in this gigantic booklet here. Like every shot in the movie is cataloged cool. here. And it's an animated film, so it's incredibly precise. Um, and then it's multiple discs. Uh, I think there's a whole bunch of making of features, again, for an animated film uh, in the uh, pre-computer age. So very, very fascinating stuff for me in particular. Uh, not everybody's cup of tea, but this is the kind of stuff that just like, it's all, I'm all about it. Um, and in addition to that, I also have Pat Lieber 2, the movie. It's the same style of packaging. Also the full storyboard, the collector's edition, uh, an entire small booklet. Uh, just about the making of that see here has full color art and basically details uh, reference photos that were used for the drawing of back for the painting of backgrounds excuse me and all the line line art for the character and model designs and whatnot very comprehensive um, and then curiously enough though and this is another thing that might set Brad off uh, we have a deviation from the packaging for the third film uh, Pat Ooh. Labor Three. Uh, <laughs> it uh, it's labeled Ultimate Edition, whereas these ones are the Collector's Editions, and uh, it has a series of supplemental discs, but no booklets. Um, this also includes these these little like puppet ske- sketches, where they take this like ultra serious movie, and take take the characters and like have them act out like playful like uh, I don't know punch and judy sketches and whatnot it's truly bizarre (laughs) um you never would have expected that but um it does come with like full supplements for the making of it's at least three discs and uh what's more all three of these movies are pretty fucking good um in particular like i don't know they have a certain vibe um his work uh mamoru oshi uh his his work has a certain vibe to it that is very very unique um if you're into people uh having long philosophical discussions in cars while not looking at each other, uh, he'll work for you. Um, (laughs) If you're into, like, tech tech porn in in hand-drawn animation, that'll work as well. (laughs) Um, um, And also the score uh, for all three films, and most of his filmography, in fact, is done by uh, Kenji Kawai, uh, who's, like, a personal favorite of mine. But... Um, anyway, I always thought these were really incredible packages, um, mm-hmm. and in particular, like I really enjoy seeing uh, the process that goes into making an animated film from mm-hmm. from that yeah. era, from like the early '90s when we're kind of not yet into the digital age. Like we're still using mm-hmm. like hand drawn painting techniques for cell animation and and hand drawn backgrounds and whatnot. It's really cool stuff. That is cool stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Now, is that uh, pre or post Ghost in the Shell when he made those? Uh, I think the third one is the only one that came out after. Uh, okay. I think the first two preceded Ghost in the Shell. And what's mm-hmm. more, Ghost in the Shell was uh, based on uh, a manga from a different author. So he, he actually was like recruited to direct the film, but it wasn't his baby, even though he's like most often thought of as being like the shepherd of that franchise. It's like, no, he just made the movie, 
and then he just like adopted it basically <laughs> but this one was kind of like his from day one mm-hmm. so those are his babies yeah yeah and uh in fact they like what 10 years ago or so they made a live action tv series out of it um that's not half bad actually like it actually adapted to to live action really pretty seamlessly i was really i was really shocked i was expecting it to totally suck ass but yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was fine <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Plus a nice little bonus if somebody breaks into your place, you can grab one of those beefy boxes and use them to, yeah, you know, defend right. yourself. <laughs> ah, back, back, foul beast. <laughs> Brad's like, it's okay. It's only a DVD, special yeah. edition or not. It's only a DVD. <laughs> you better believe if somebody breaks into my place, I'm gonna be using those DVDs as weapons. Just take them. Get out of here. <laughs> Shaun of the Dead style. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's the only one of the Cornetto trilogy I have not seen at this point. I know. What? I, like that. I, des- I deserve that face, Brian. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> okay, I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, again, that's enough yammering from me. Uh, Brian, uh, you're up, sir. What's your next pick? Okay, so I'm trying to spread the horror out a little bit because my best... I feel like my best editions are horror, but this is a horror movie. This is the most I ever spent on a blind buy. <laughs> it's for the Mondo Macabro edition of Andrzej Zualski's Possession. Ooh. Um, so, and now it's... Pro- <laughs> we talked about this beforehand, too. Um, so this is, uh, for those I of you... I saw the plastic on it, though. You do. No, because I've actually watched it. This oh. is the most ag- You can take it off. This is the most aggro version of the show we've ever had, by the way. Oh, you know, my, my it just keeps it nice. See, it just... Oh, I, I didn't okay. know it was possible to flick people in the nuts through a webcam. But, know, but, but it keeps happening. All the time. I do that all the time to Brian. Okay. So, again... Uh, again, there's uh, just lots of... Uh, you know, a nice information in the booklet. Um, for those of you who, are, who do not know what this movie is, it's um, uh, Andrzej Zualski is a Polish director, was a Polish director, he's passed away, but um, who, uh, this is an English, this was his first English language film, maybe his only English language film. Um, it stars uh, Sam Neill of Jurassic Hell Park yeah. fame. Uh and in the mouth of madness, of course, um, among many others, uh, and Isabella Gianni. And it is, it's sometimes kind of compared to like Cronenberg's The Brood, because it's about a marriage falling apart, is essentially what it is. But there's also um, sex with a monster and all sorts of wild stuff in it. Uh, an octopus, right? That's what mm-hmm. the terminology he used. Has, has anyone besides Michelle seen this? I know it I by not. reputation. I have not seen it, but uh, my regular co-host Kyle, um, he actually just purchased, I think, that very edition um, a, yeah. at a Scarecrow Video uh, very recently. Yeah. So this has um, some nice features on it, some nice interviews with, um, particularly with Zawalski, um, but a little bit on the making, a little insight into it. And it's not like a stacked edition that's got tons and tons of stuff in it, but what is there is really, really good. Um, and really informative because it's a kind of a dense movie. It's a tough movie to really entirely understand, (laughs) to be honest. Um, So uh, I I write for Bloody Disgusting, and I happened to do, to pitch a 
a piece on possession and then I was like oh shit now I have to write this um because it's a t- it's Usually a tough it works, movie Brian. it is I know it's a, it's a tough <laughs> it's a tough dense movie but it's it's incredible though I mean it's really powerful um it's very strange has some of the um very iconic moments in it um and speak bring us back to King Kong <laughs> the 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 creature was designed by um, uh, Carlo Rimbaldi, who made the who designed King Kong and E.T. and lots of these kinds of creature effects that are very well known today. Um, and it's a uh, it's a really fascinating movie. And um, I bring it up because, frankly, I feel like more people should see it and maybe even take a risk on on it, even though it is a little pricey. Um, yeah. because it's, um, if you love horror, it's, um, I mean, it's a masterpiece. It's, it's one of those that is very high on my list of movies that just kind of made me, it floored me how good it was. And at the same time, I was like, I, it, I don't entirely grasp what's going on here. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's, it's really <laughs> right. I mean, Michelle, I mean, yeah. It, it, I, I saw it like a couple of days before, you know, Ellert Kane is a huge fan of it. And um, we were going to be at the same convention. So I, I actually watched it for the first time a couple of, of days before I saw him there. And he was wearing his possession shirt and <laughs> when I talked to him. And he was like, so what did you think of it? And I was like, I need to watch it again. <laughs> That's like the only thing I could think of. And he was just like, yeah. I get that because it's yeah. it's too much the first time around. You're like I didn't quite I didn't quite get it, and that was like years ago. So I do need to break What's this out int- and watch it again. You know what is interesting about that movie though is um, uh, just from a format point of view, it did have like a 4K uh, restoration recently and has had some big screen engagements. So I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if it actually is on its way to 4K. And maybe not from Mondo, maybe from somewhere that's going to be, maybe, who knows, maybe it'll be Severin or Vinegar Syndrome or someone like that. I mean, who knows? You can't beat this packaging, though. I know, the packaging's incredible. That's nice. It's It's cool. And the design of the poster art there is really... Mm -hmm. It's it's, got boobs on it. it, Come on. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) That's true. It does. Um... The resale value. Yeah, that's right. right. Um, And you know, it might be nice to see an edition that has you know both this version and like the hacked to death American cut on it. Um, Mm -hmm. Might be interesting. I'd Um, be interested to see that. I'd be interested just to see it. I hear it's incomprehensible. That's why Um, I want to see it. (laughs) Which you know, (laughs) with possession, who knows? But um, it's uh, yeah. But it's really um, it's one of those editions. It's just sort of a prized uh addition to my um to my collection to be honest because it's just it's just kind of one that a lot of people are like i have no idea what that is (laughs) you know but also it's at the same time it's one of those deep cuts that's or deeper cuts it's 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 gotten a lot more traction now because of um you know people championing it at various uh levels of notoriety right but um it uh it, but 
is really, really damn good, you know, and, and I don't know if a lot of people will necessarily get it or like it, but you know, well, it's, it's a fascinating movie. I mean, if you're into movies, I think you'd be interested in a movie like that. So anyway, yep. no, it, it's on my to-do list. Um, I'm actually very yeah. excited that, um, like I said, my co-host recently bought it. Um, so, yeah. so at some point he's probably going to come a knocking and be like, Trevor, you go watch this. It's like, why it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, let's, let's this is true. It, it is. True. It yeah. definitely is. No, but it, it's reputation is, is, has grown quite a bit over the years. Like yeah. it, it yeah. does pop up on a lot of lists, um, that have caught my eye over the years such that it's like, I'm, I'm keenly aware that I should watch it. But mm-hmm. I think, as I mentioned before we started recording, I'm too busy watching Scott Adkins kick people. <laughs> it's a valid reason. So, so okay. my, my priorities are all sorts of fucked. Um, yeah. But by the way, um, Brad, uh, do we do we need to do another backlog boogie like sometime soon? I feel oh, like... I mean, my backlog just continues to grow. So, I mean, I'm, I'm down anytime. Yeah. Um, Michelle, Brian, uh, we, we did an episode of Tales from the Shelf where uh, it was called the Backlog Boogie. And basically, we instead of like hand picking things, we just grabbed whatever was in the to like to the to, the to watch pile, to watch pile, yeah. like or recent acquisitions that yeah. probably should have been watched a while ago, but just yep. for whatever cool. reason, have lots not. of those. I have a whole okay. shelf of those. Yeah. Well, when, whenever we have you back, maybe maybe that's on the docket. <laughs> it may not be a bad idea. That'd be like, super give, easy give to, do. to like, actually go watch. Grab it. the whole yeah. shelf. <laughs> and eight hours later, nobody wanted to watch any more movies ever. Right. <laughs> right. I want to watch a movie ever again. You're not a collector if you don't watch the movies that you buy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, it, it comes with the territory. If you if you collect movies, you are going to fall behind at some point. Yeah. But you it, know, it happens. Yeah. It, it you know, it is what it is. But anyway, f- that fantastic pick. Uh, that's so awesome that both of you have that one. But um, I, I guess the pick is to you, Michelle. Uh, what's your next one? Um, the next one is not really for aesthetic purposes, but just what's in it is very cool and i don't think a lot of people maybe know about this um this is the psycho um the complete collection um of it's got psycho or the original psycho and one two three four it also has the remake so yeah whatever um (laughs) the van zandt one (laughs) yes that's the only one that i'm like yeah (laughs) <laughs> but but it also has the 1987 TV movie Bates Motel. Oh, cool. Um, and so Which this I've is in, seen, yeah, I, I don't think I've watched it yet, honestly. So, I mean, it's not nothing super cool about it. It's just this, like this. Oh, and also has um, the um, Psycho Legacy documentary that somebody I know I worked on. <laughs> Yeah. where I saw that before because I I've been yeah I've been trying to track that down again yeah but this is like um came out through an Australian company I'm not for sure it says via vision on it um and like uh, so I actually ordered it from Australia so it took forever to get here but it was totally worth it um and like a lot of stuff from Australia, like um, Umbrella is another uh, company that's got some really good stuff. I have a couple of theirs. Like I have the Night of the Creeps, uh, the Night of the Living Dead uh, 90 version and uh, Road Games. Uh, they all say that they're Region B locked, but they're not actually. So 
it says that it's B, but it does work uh, in America. So mm. yeah, there's a there edition of Possession uh, through Umbrella, I think, that has that deal with the Region B on the box yeah. on the back of the box. So yeah, I'm gonna say this is something. So it um, might some, be less expensive through them. I would imagine. I don't remember <laughs> even this being that really that expensive. Even ordering it, you know, from Australia it wasn't. It, I don't think it was only like thirty bucks for this, and you get six movies and documentaries. So. You get Psycho three. I guess I guess. <laughs> and you know how much I love Psycho three. I love Psycho three, and I'm not joking. I love Psycho three. I kind of like them all. That's the one with Jeff Fahey. Yeah, it's, it's it's bonkers, but it's it's delightfully bonkers. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like them all. So that's just for anybody. If you want the entire collection, you know, seek this out. This is really good. Yeah. And you have them all one compact little thing here. Like I said, there's nothing really. Sp- there's a couple. There's special features for mostly Psycho two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, so the special features aren't really that great, um, but it's worth it just to have all the movies in one place. Yeah, I hadn't heard of that documentary, but that sounds really fascinating to me. Like that in mm-hmm. particular sounds really fascinating to me. But yeah. M- Michelle, do you have any like particular affinity for for the franchise or? Like, what made you pick that one? I don't know, cause, just because I don't think a lot of people know about it, and it's pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I love the Psycho, I love the psycho movies. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I do love the Psycho movies, so, yeah, I love yeah. them I mean, all. Every, the thing about Psycho, everyone knows that the first one is a masterpiece. Sure. But two and three especially two is amazing are two, really yeah. really good especially t- i mean two yeah. let's face it two is better than three but um it, it's uh um but you know four has its moments i think two. so yeah um even that uh but those those sequels especially two and three i think are really really strong uh, are. horror movies and um anthony perkins uh, playing Norman Bates in all of them is really, really good. <laughs> I think two, I mean, his performance in two is just mind blowing how good he's handling that role after, you know, 20 years away from it. And um, yeah, I, I, I really dig those sequels. So, you know, I think people need to give them a chance. I think, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the people, a lot of people, well, they're not as good as, the original it's like well, well what is what is gonna be mm-hmm. right what is the yeah. fact that they could do a sequel 20 something years later to psycho one of the greatest horror movies ever and it be really fucking good yeah it, didn't uh anthony perkins direct the third one as well he did yes. yeah he did. yeah it, like warts and all but you know it's like... warts and all yeah yeah <laughs> Huh. But it's I think fine. I think that I think that one has some great visual style. Absolutely, he was yeah. he was really into Blood Simple, you mm. know, and he was he saw that movie and was like, I want to make a movie that's sort of like the and the neo noir version of Psycho, and <laughs> there is and there's there's one of the best suspense sequences in the entire series in Psycho Three, where you know there's a body in the ice. Uh, in, in the ice chest, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. and and the cop keeps reaching in and grabbing ice out of it, and he's got blood on on his face because he's he's picking up ice cubes that have blood on them. Um, it's it's just there's lots of great stuff in in, in those sequels, and <laughs> um, I, I think if if you've just written off the sequels entirely, um, give them a try because they're really they've got some cool stuff in them. 
Yeah, um, I wouldn't expect anyone to be familiar. Like, I certainly am not. But um, wasn't there, like, a, a TV series fairly recently? I loved, yeah. Yeah, Bates Motel was I loved Bates Motel, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Okay. See, I, I didn't know if it was good or not. I just it's I seem good. to recall it existing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I especially, I was especially enthralled with the first season. It took yes. me a little while to get through the rest of it, but um, it was good. It was really good all the way through. It had a good so. ending to it, yeah. Yeah, the ending was wild. Yeah, the ending was wild. <laughs> was a uh, so. Vera Farmiga in that? Yes. Like, yes. Okay. She's awesome. <laughs> yeah. She's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Well, that's a really yeah. neat collection. And like, I, what was the name of the the people who printed the disc? Via Vision. Yeah, that, it's got I, three I names on it. It's got Universal Via Vision and something called Madman on it. So. <laughs> sure, whatever. It looks nice. Look, look for this, this picture. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that one around, yeah. Okay, well, uh, Brad, pick us to you, sir. What you got next? Um. All right, I guess uh, for this one, I'll take a slight detour away from horror, even though mo- most of what I have is horror as well. But okay, I'll, I'll, I'll pull out one just to... So, Trevor's not the only one pu- pulling out non-horror uh, titles here. Uh, I've got the rest of my stuff is not. So. Oh, there we go. There, well, maybe yeah, I'll pull out a horror. No, I'll, I'll keep it this. So, um, cr- Criterion, you know, pretty much any Criterion release is going to be pretty solid. We can talk. We can go on and on about how embarrassing it is, how long it took them to get into the 4K game. What an absolute embarrassment it is that Kino is re-releasing all these titles that Criterion put out and Kino's putting out on out on 4K. We can go on and on about that. But we, won't, <laughs> we won't. I'll just mention that um, you know they they did Screw just recently up. start putting out 4Ks. I've only got one Criterion 4K. Um, I hope to buy more. I'm probably going to buy a lot more in the next sale. But I did pick up in the last sale. I bought Menace to Society, um, which I'd never seen before. It was a blind buy. It was a blind Criterion 4K buy. And I gotta say, it's a it's a really good film. It is you know a very much just like a gritty kind of life on the streets sort of drama, um, almost plotless in a way. It I mean certainly I wouldn't call it a hangout film, but there's not much in the way of plot. It's just kind of like I don't know if it takes place over like a summer or the length of time it covers, but it's following just this group of characters you know going through their lives and uh, the the drama and the the uh, adversities they face. Um, on the streets of, I don't know if, I can't remember if it's, I think it is Los Angeles. Um, and yeah, it's, it's well acted. It's, it's very intense and, uh, looks great. Great release from Criterion. I mean, it took them a while, but they're in the 4k game. Finally. I love this cover, how it comes out like that. That is nice. Looks great. And, uh, I haven't gotten into any of the, uh, any of the bonus features yet, but picture quality, you know, it took them a while, but they're uh, they 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 lived up to the challenge, I guess. So I also yeah, I also love it. it looks like you got the bullet holes in the background there. Like, <laughs> oh, cool! That's, that that's is a, cool. That's, that's a nice piece of uh, that's that's some nice packaging there. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a very intense, very solid film. Now tell me, Brad, like how long did that sit on the shelf before you watched it? Was that like a ASAP kind of situation because you wanted to check out the 4K quality? Honestly, yeah. I, I mean. I don't want to say I didn't care about watching the film, but I was more like, I was like, I, I got to see what Criterion's bringing here. So it was more, yeah. I didn't buy the Citizen Kane 4K because of the uh, botched Blu-ray situation. Um, and I already own Mulholland Drive on Blu-ray, so I didn't want to double dip. So this was the one I went with. And so I, I popped it in pretty quickly after I got it. Um, and it just it worked out that the film was good. So, yeah, Very cool. 
Yeah, I I actually haven't experienced a Criterion 4K as of yet, so that's that's we're off to a good start. It sounds. Like I have one. <laughs> you have one. Yeah, I have one. Uh, I got uh, I got the red shoes oh. on 4K because mm-hmm. and I had it on Blu-ray and I was like. Um, I need this on 4K. So Michelle now has my Blu-ray, and <laughs> <laughs> and and I uh, I have the 4K. I haven't actually had a chance to watch it yet, though. Yeah. Um, but I'm that was one that I was willing to double dip. I've had that Blu-ray. That Blu-ray came out a long time ago. Um, but I was like, ah, I don't know if I need an upgrade, but I want one for that movie because that, <laughs> as far as visuals go, I mean, come on. I mean yeah. that's that's one of the ultimate visual feasts of a movie. So yeah. yeah, when when they were announcing their 4K releases and upgrades, I mean that one was kind of a no-brainer. Like yeah, yeah of course they're going to release that on 4K. Um, yeah. That's that's one I I plan on picking up hopefully in the next sale. Yeah, my brother <laughs> got me uh, the uncut gems uh, 4K uh, as a gift. Oh, that's right. yeah. uh, but I I have yet cool. to crack that open because backlog (laughs) it it doesn't go any further than that there's no real reason i'll just just get to it when i get to it still haven't seen that movie (laughs) it's it's a it's tense uh that's for sure that's what i hear very stressful yes yes yeah that's what i hear which is this is probably why i haven't watched it because i'm just like i don't know if i want to put myself through that today my job is stressful enough yeah Uh, no you got to be in the right state of mind for that one in my case i I had external pressure in the form of brad uh, asking me to go watch it uh to review it for his show the cinema speak podcast um so i actually went out to the theater to watch that i hadn't planned on it but that's what brad picked and brad gets what brad wants (laughs) you didn't even know me i forced you it was our first time doing anything together well yeah i was like i I don't even know this guy but i feel this weird pressure i gotta impress him (laughs) we're reviewing uncut gems whether you like it or not had to explain to the girlfriends it's like you don't understand the stranger from the internet has expectations of me (laughs) very nice though brad very nice um I haven't seen that movie, by the way, uh, Menace to Society. But you, you you have I've been neither. talking it up uh, since you got the 4K, though. So uh, it's it's on my to-do list, right, right alongside yep. Possession, I guess. Yeah, um, put it on the list. Yeah, just throw it on the pile. <laughs> we'll yeah, get to exactly. it when we get to yeah. it. Okay, so I guess the pick is to me. So I'm, God, I am so sorry, Brad. So many DVDs. <laughs> Just the boxes are slightly taller. They give you, it's, they give you more right. options. <laughs> okay, so um, everybody keeps trotting out like highbrow shit. So I gotta like I gotta be the spoiler and <laughs> bring out some garbage. <laughs> so I have here love garbage. Steady diet of garbage over here. Um, I have a six disc collector's edition box set. Uh, that I have shown on the show before. I don't know if it was when we uh, were recording video yet, though, so hopefully this isn't too redundant, but uh, I have here a box set of uh, Kamen Rider V3, um, which is a uh, Japanese television (laughs) program uh, from 1973, I believe, or 74. Um, This is put out by Generation Kikaida, uh, which is based in the Hawaiian Islands, um, where a good half of my family are from. Okay. Um, I, I went to a a department store they have there uh that uh they they had this on the shelf and i was like yes <laughs> it's like i will buy that grossly overpriced dvd because i'm into <laughs> that shit <laughs> um, but like i was i was really impressed by by the production quality of this and it, it was really charming being able to buy something 
while I was visiting family, like from like a disc actually printed on the on the island. Um, and it's like it's really well put together, actually. Like this is the entire television series. Um, it's officially licensed by Toei, uh, which is the production company which made the show. It's like big fold out package has all sorts of supplemental features, including like convention footage of the of the original Japanese cast doing like convention shows in Hawaii. Um, and they have like English subtitled interviews with like the local news crews uh, in Hawaii, like interviewing the actors and whatnot. Common uh, Rider is like an institution in Japan. Like it started, I think, in like 1971 or 1972, and it persists to this day. Uh, very similar to like Ultraman or Godzilla, or to a lesser extent like Gamera. Um, but this is a television series. That this was the uh, second iteration of it, and it's fantastic. Like if you're in the mood for some like monster of the week horseshit where it's just like men like stunt men in rubber monster costumes jumping off of cliffs and kicking each other and <laughs> it's like it's like it's 25 minutes of just glorious stupid stunt work in whatever rock quarry they have access to that afternoon <laughs> um, but it's it's a, like i said it's an institution in japanese television like it it's just this ongoing behemoth that will never die um and this was one of the earlier series it was the second iteration of it so it was still kind of finding its footing and like finding its identity it's thoroughly crystallized these days but at this point they're still kind of innovating as they went along in fact the first season of the original series um the lead actor um doing a motorcycle stunt like destroyed his leg um so like 10 episodes into what would end up being like a 70 episode plus action heavy series they had to sub him out for a totally different actor so it was like a, I don't know, it was like a, a was it a bewitched situation bewitched yeah. <laughs> where it's just like, hang on, isn't that a different guy? Isn't that a different <laughs> dick? <laughs> it's like they took Dick York and they turned him into Dick Sargent. What the hell happened here? <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I was really impressed with this. I watched the whole thing uh, pretty much as soon as I got it. Like this was when I didn't have that vast of a collection. So I didn't have that much of a backlog. So watching an entire 52 episode television series wasn't uh the daunting task that it is today um but that's something that i, I really proudly uh, bear on my shelf because i i don't know it was really there there was some novelty that came with being able to buy a disc like printed by like some mom and pop down the street <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah. like it was expensive for sure but i felt really good buying it and i thoroughly enjoyed it when i finally watched it yeah, nothing better than buying some physical media while you're on vacation, though. I mean, that's just everybody else is like, oh, let's go see the sights, and you're like, no, there's a there's a local Blu-ray store down the street. We gotta go check out. I mean, that that's me every time I that I, would be me. I find my way over there to to visit family and whatnot. There's a there's a secondhand like bookstore that also has a, a movie department. That uh, I mean, it's Hawaii, so people come and go, and they have to like unload all their shit because they're leave they're moving from an island to like the mainland or something so it's like they, they don't want to keep anything um, and on top of that there's a huge japanese population there so for me it's like all all manner of like art books and magazines and stuff find mm -hmm. their way to these like half price books type situations and for me it's just it's fucking gold <laughs> it's like I end up walking away with lots of dvds and like magazines and stuff that it's it's always it's always a lot of fun for me but cool. um yeah everybody else is going out looking at clothes and knickknacks and stuff it's like fuck that i got dvds to buy <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got your priorities straight you're here so. <laughs> all right well uh you want to do another round 
Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. This is going to be a cheat. Okay. Um, these are these are editions that um, I have upgraded to another format, but I held on to the older version because mm. the older version is pretty cool too. And this is going to be kind of a schlock and awe situation. I'll start with the awe. Uh, I have the out of print uh, Criterion edition of Akira Kurosawa's Ron. Um, which is my personal favorite uh, Kurosawa film. Um, and boy, this edition is beautiful um, and has cool essay booklet, all this stuff. Two disc edition, um, you know, all the cool stuff that you're looking for, right? But I also upgraded it to 4K because it's Ron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you've got to see that shit in 4k yeah um so uh if you can't see it on the big screen um you gotta see it um uh, in 4k so uh yeah and and so i was like there's no way i'm getting rid of this criterion edition mm-hmm. of this uh anytime soon because um this is well first of all it kind of goes for a pretty penny right now um but uh I just love that damn movie. Um, and that edition is really nice. Now, the other one, the schlock. Yes. <laughs> George Romero's Day of the Dead. Mm. Uh, now, the DVD edition here is just fun. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I love that. That is cool. This is, through Anch- this is through Anchor Bay, which was sort of like, you know, the precursor to Scream Factory, right? So you got this little notebook, all these illustrations in it. Your notebook of the dead, if you will. Cool. You know? um, and, you know, Bub <laughs> opens up here and you got all sorts of stuff going on in here. Um, so this is just fun. But the Blu-ray was on sale from Scream Factory and it's still in the package. Sorry, it's still in the plastic. <laughs> I, 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 I watch this one a lot. Um, but... <laughs> Actually, I, I love this movie. I just, it's just, you know, there's always new movies to watch. And I've seen Day, yes. Day of the Dead, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, this uh, this is a great addition, though. Lots of uh, wonderful stuff uh, on this on this guy. Um, so, you know, Day of the Dead. And, you know, the Dawn of the Dead uh, Ultimate Edition that's got the which Michelle also has right there. Um, <laughs> it, that is, uh, this is DVD. This is not yeah. the 4K that just came out, unfortunately. But this has the the three versions of the film and special features on it. Um, Looks cool. Too. I got this at a half price book for 10 bucks. Yeah, I Fantastic. only spent like so, 20 on this. And now it's it out used. of print and goes for like a shit ton of money. Yep. Um, so, which is pretty incredible. I was like, oh, hey, what do you know? So, anyway, <laughs> that's my um, schlock and awe, <laughs> to, like to quote our friend Lindsay. Um, yeah. uh, so, we've got uh, Akira Kurosawa and George Romero. Two great directors. Yeah. Just yeah. completely different worlds, right? <laughs> um, but love them. Yeah, both geniuses in their own right, but yeah, yeah. The, the the rights situation I think for Dawn of the Dead have been 
kind of a nightmare over it's the years. Terrible. Yeah. You know, that and that and Martin uh, yeah. have been Martin is even worse though. Martin has been so hard to come by. I have it on VHS because I can't get it anywhere else for a reasonable price. So mm-hmm. yeah, and I finally set up my player so that I can play a VHS tape on <laughs> and actually watch it. But uh, it's um, so hopefully they, I know they're uh, somewhere's doing a 4K edition of uh of martin yeah yeah i forget who it is but i know it's yeah, in the so, works yeah so they've been announcing that they've been working on that one for a while mm-hmm. they keep finding more stuff like they found a black and white print of the director's cut or something like that so they're now they're looking to add that to it all wow and so this whatever that set is is probably going to be pretty incredible it's probably going to be pretty spendy. <laughs> there's there's been a yeah. ton of movement with the Romero estate like in the past yes. five years or so. So I wouldn't be surprised if if yeah. it's all going to get put out very. Well, quickly. I mean, hell, they got the amusement park out on Shutter. So I mean, mm-hmm. that was thought to be lost. I mean, that was just buried forever. So um, probably everything from Romero is going to eventually be um, be out there. Mm-hmm. We can hope because that'd be yes. great. It's, yeah. it's a win-win for us and for his grandkids cashing in on all the money they're making. <laughs> well, I mean, because especially after, you know, Night of the Living Dead, essentially he got ripped off for all the yeah. profit that movie made. Yeah. You know, he, he, his family's earned that, I think. I think so. Personally. Yeah. 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 Didn't they make an animated version of that recently through Warner Brothers? Of Night of the Living Dead? Yeah. It's like I night, would not be night, surprised. Night of the Animated Dead, I think, is what it's called. Oh, really? I believe it. Well, <laughs> yeah. it's 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 a it's a public domain film. So yeah, they anyone can do pretty much anything they want with yeah. that movie. I think it's uh, a Warner Brothers movie though, so I'm picturing it looking like their DC animated universe movie, like like Bruce Tim style wow. or something. <laughs> that might be really cool. Actually. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm down. But um, Brad, do you do you have an edition of uh, Dawn of the Dead in your collection? I would assume so, right? Yeah, I do have a, a DVD release of it. It's not that Ultimate Collector's Edition. I actually I don't know uh, what it is. I don't I don't have it with me right now because it's it, DVD and I I don't have those uh, on hand at the moment. Those are those are stored you've away somewhere. Them, I've got you've been it. Throwing but... them at zombies. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I do own the, a DVD release of it because yeah, I uh, didn't we Trevor didn't I you me and Kyle do an episode on that together? We did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that was, was the last time I watched it. Yeah, that may have been like the first proper episode we had you on, but that was that was a fun one. And I mean mm-hmm. that movie is is ripe for discussion. But uh, that brings me to the the topic, I guess. Like round the horn like favorite of the dead movie um mine is dawn okay yeah probably it's tough yeah you too michelle probably brad yeah i mean it's a boring answer but i would say dawn yeah. Although i would say day is day is, day I is like day more than a lot of people i think i really like day of the dead day has gotten a lot of traction in recent years though people yeah. have really been into that one mm-hmm. um but I mean, God, Night of the Living Dead is such a masterpiece mm-hmm. in its own right, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, those that original trilogy. You can't really go wrong yeah. with any of them. Yeah, um, very much. You know, uh, the, the four, five. Even like Land of the Dead, I think is okay. <laughs> Land yes, of the Dead on. is pretty it's good, good. <laughs> but the last two is what I mean. So I yeah. guess I guess uh, like five survival, and six. Of the dead. survival and diary. Diary yeah. is right. Yeah, that was going to be my follow-up because I haven't seen those. I stopped at land, but um, sounds yeah. like they're 
so so. Yeah, <laughs> they're okay. They're okay. I mean, eh, I don't you know. remember them. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like the answer is supposed to be Dawn, but like honestly, if I'm being like truth true to myself, I, I think I would go with Day. Like I mm-hmm. I like, some days. Am I wrong? Yeah, like I think of that yeah. as like Tom Tom Savini's like magnum opus. Like, am I wrong on that? Oh, Just, not not at all. Okay. I mean that that was his last uh, feature that he that he did was uh effects work for was was day of the dead and it's just sort of like he took everything that he had learned on everything else he'd ever done and put it all on the table um Mm -hmm. for for day of the dead and it shows because i mean i remember seeing that for one i was talking to michelle about this before we came on that that movie actually day of the dead when i first saw it, it actually made me physically ill because some like when the zombie sits up and all his guts fall out um for example that just really <laughs> for example really one of many things <laughs> yeah that really got to me and it's and you look at that now and it's it, it's like completely convincing uh, and there are no digital effects going on i mean it is all practical um and it's it really holds up. I there's there's n- not anything in that movie that makes me go, oh yeah, I can see the seams there. N- no, no, that movie is just, ah uh, man, it's it's pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those movies that I I thoroughly enjoy it. I do, like I said, I do think of it as my favorite of those first three anyway. Um, and it's it's the kind that also makes me hesitate to put back on because of those memories. Yeah. Like, cause, cause the first time I saw it, I was, I was like, what, 14, something like that. And mm-hmm. it, it hit, you know, it hit on a visceral nerve or something that like, it, it make it makes me think twice about revisiting it. I had the same, I had the same fucking thing. And Brad knows about this with the blob from 1988. <laughs> that movie destroyed me when I was yeah. a child. <laughs> there, yeah. and, and I had, to, I had to like purge the demon by, by doing a full like two and a half hour review of it because I, I purposely like stayed away from that movie for years of my life because <laughs> I know it wasn't, there's no way it could be as bad as what was in my head from, from the first time I was exposed to it. But it's just like, you you're like, nope. I know it's coming. <laughs> and the same with Day of the Dead. Yeah. There's certain there's certain moments in that that's just like, oof. Like I know this is entertainment. I know it's like it's all special effects. It's all exceedingly mm-hmm. well executed, but somehow it still hits on a different level. And I think those uh, physical effects, because they're so tangible, mm-hmm. I think they hit harder um, than you know. Because I think like you know, even ones that are sort of like they're they're pretty good but they're not as great as something like day like some like hellraiser those still really kind of you feel them you know you feel them in in your guts you know um and they're effective just because you know there's something tangible there um that especially in horror i think it just uh it beats you know sort of cgi blood especially any day i think um that's why I think people are talking about movies like The Thing still, mm-hmm. and The Blob. And speaking of great Scream Factory editions, that Blob is the yeah. '88 one is incredible. It's one of the best editions of recent years that I can think of. Um, so really good. Yeah, absolutely. But mm-hmm. um, I think my favorite Kurosawa is a uh, might be Yojimbo. 
like just mm-hmm. just uh, it's a, it's a, it's certainly a more like commercial more more like popcorn friendly kind of experience but that's such a good movie <laughs> yeah absolutely no, there's yeah. a reason it's it's forever imitated by so many other films throughout history but uh, i'm curious who like that that 4k uh, that you have uh, who put that out uh studio canal so it's actually a british um release okay that's but, that's why i didn't recognize it but 4k is region free so mm-hmm. um it's uh yeah this is studio canal so they did the transfer themselves oh. you know, they they the the 4k scan is uh from the negative uh is is from them you know so they are the ones who usually supply the uh the transfers for criterion and lots of other places so um yeah you know you're in good hands with studio canal so Okay, I might have to run out and grab that then. Yeah, it was I, a I little bit. It was a little bit pricey, and I had to wait for it to show up uh, because it's shipping from the UK. But um, you know what? Worth it. <laughs> um, so I keep on hoping, you know, for you know, 4K scans like Seven Samurai, and you know, some of these others would be lovely. Um, it's so. actually why I haven't bought that. <laughs> I know, I know, it's me common. too. I'm, 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 I'm like, you know, they're putting out all these complete director sets now. They got the Bergman one, they've got the Varda one, they've got Fellini and uh, etc. And they're like, they got to be doing Kurosawa at some point because I mean, if if they don't, I mean, that was sort of their bread and butter. They sort of owned everything that Kurosawa was doing, except like a couple of movies here and there. So if they can grab the rights to those, I bet they're going to do a full um, Kurosawa set um, that on, on the Bergman level, you know, um, and hopefully with 4k transfers of some of the big titles. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, now that they've opened that door that they're starting to yeah. put out 4k pressings, it seems like, you know, the, the company, their catalog seemingly was, founded on distributing his title so it's like why not come full circle and and just do it all over again yeah because i mean they even have the really early stuff um is all in their catalog so the only ones that aren't i think are like dersu uzala uh ron is not anymore and a couple others but that's it it's Mm -hmm. all the rest of them are still in their catalog so they should have them very cool. I look forward to that. But that is exactly the reason I don't have Seven yeah. Samurai on the shelf. Yeah. Um, Trevor, you should buy it because as soon as you buy it, they'll announce then, it. Then so. They'll announce it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> do it, it. Do it. Do it. Do it. It's like as soon well, as I, I buy did that. The, I yeah. went ahead and bought Seven Samurai and the uh, Yojimbo Sanjuro collections. And yeah, I have it still hasn't one. been announced yet. So yeah, I, I have that. I Someone have else that, has got to uh, do it. Pack. But, but yeah, I'm still sour about that RoboCop Arrow situation. <laughs> like, yeah, take one for the fuck. team. <laughs> Same thing. I bought the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly on Blu-ray on the Kino uh, upgrade, and then they released it on 4K. I was like, God damn it. So I went ahead and bought that one, too. Uh, I mean, that's the only one, though. No, now they announced the other two, but I haven't gotten those. I mean, it's become the catchphrase of the episode, but such yeah. is the life of a collector. With um, <laughs> that being said, uh, Michelle, uh, ball is to you. Uh, what's your next pick? Okay. My next one is actually my, my first, like, cool one on the Ooh. list. It actually has cool stuff. Well, it actually has cool stuff, like, in it to show. Um, there was two movies that I pre-ordered pretty much as soon as they were announced. Um, this is not just one of my favorite horror movies, but just one of my favorite movies in general. Uh, yeah. Mm. 
the Arrow edition of Tremors. I, yeah, as soon as this was announced, I, I, oh my God, I was on it. I've been wondering about getting this on a good Blu-ray for years and years and years, and I was so excited. And this edition is fabulous. Of course, with Arrow, yeah, it's got the nice little book, uh, or the outside cover is really nice. And then you can just get the movie, which comes in a, most of their cases are usually clear, but I kind of like the black for this. And then there's, um... One of their good booklets, of course. It's got like three, three or four essays in it. I don't remember them. I think I've read them, but I don't remember. <laughs> That's just one you gotta like sit down and like just have some time with to really get it. But um, more, way more cool is a poster. Oh. So it came with a poster of the original uh, art. Nice. Right, on the back is the new, which I really love this uh, new art that they came up with. For, that is good. For this. It's so cool I think cool Arrow looking. artwork is super cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it they is. usually it's, nail it. It's, yeah. it's usually some of my favorite, like, newly commissioned stuff. More than um, Screen Factory, Factory. all kind of yeah. has, like, the same kind of look to it. And yeah. it's not really my favorite. Arrow, like, they make it really specific to the movie um, a lot of times. And it's just very cool. But there's a couple other, like fun extras especially if you're a huge fan of the movie like i am um one thing was this other little poster that came in it it's a uh, oh cool oh wow that's cool city of perfection <laughs> sign that's awesome <laughs> and then on the other side though it's really cool it's this uh it's like a, a scientific diagram of a graboid oh. <laughs> it's got it, like lists all the Multiple hearts, uh, the stomach and the spikes and <laughs> everything. So it's it's really cool. Um, on the inside here, it also came with. Um, I thought this was super cute too. Came with a little coupon for uh, Walter Chang's market. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's a fifty percent off coupon. That's adorable. <laughs> And then um, some, what do you call it, like lobby cards or whatever? Ah, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, just of pictures from the movie. Very cool. Fun stuff like that. So, um, yeah, like I said, this is one of my favorite movies ever. And so um, I was so happy to finally see this get the treatment that it deserved on Blu-ray. <laughs> I can enjoy it. I've already seen it a thousand times, but I can see it even more now because of this. So, love this edition. If I'm being 100% honest, it's probably, it should be in my top 10, honestly. Like, in terms of, like, most watched movies throughout yeah. my lifetime, <laughs> it's it's probably honestly on that list. Oh and I, yeah. I really do love that movie, and I do know it frontwards and backwards. Um, I'm actually trying to find an excuse to watch it right now, so I think I just got it. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it's awesome? That's the only excuse you really need? <laughs> I saw it for the first time for our show. Really? Really? Yeah. That's right, yeah. Like last year. Yeah, like last year. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm so. glad you did. Cause... I was just, I couldn't believe because it was all over the place. Yeah. I know. It was all I over know. the place when I was growing up. I don't know how you ever missed it. <laughs> it. I'm glad you saw it now and you loved it. Yeah, I was just in the right age too there's really no reason why i shouldn't have seen it so I, mm. who knows my wife who hates horror has seen it 
she says, oh, we used to watch that all the time. It's not, <laughs> you know, as far as horror movies go. I mean, it's, yeah. it's something. It's not. It's mid, really tame. It's not Midsummer That made her actually want to throw up. <laughs> that story is amazing about my wife watching Midsummer and like crying in the shower afterwards. So, oh, God. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, That's not an amazing thing. It was, it was a bad, bad situation. <laughs> so she holds that over my head. No, I'm not watching that, Brian. Anyway. Um, um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, so, but she had seen, uh, she'd seen tremors at, you know, like sleepovers as a kid. And I was like, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't know how I missed that one, <laughs> but I remember asking, I remember asking screen factory like several times, like about whether or not they could actually get this. They said no all the time. No, we can't get, can't get the rights to this. So I was really happy for one thing that arrow got it. Cause I love arrow mm-hmm. and, they did a great dish, but I was surprised that it was them and not, not Scream Factory. Yeah. Hmm. But happy that someone got it. Cause what, um, Michelle, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the sequels? I love the sequels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like them too. Except I haven't seen all one. the newer ones, but I don't really like, the, yeah, the newer ones aren't really my favorite, but the first three are mm-hmm. pretty good to me. I like, I like the second one pretty much almost as almost as much as the first one. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. I like the second one quite a bit. Uh, third one I think is a dip, and then f- the fourth one, the period piece, like I, yeah. I actually kind of like that one. The, the third it's one, the ass blasters. I was like, there's some. I love the ass blasters. <laughs> the ass blasters were awesome. <laughs> um, but I think Brad and I both left off at a. Uh, there is the tropical one, the newest one, or the one in the snow. Because I, I get the, the one in the snow, I think. I, yeah, I didn't. I think the last one I saw was it in Africa with me too. Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that so, was the last one I saw. So Shrieker yeah, Island man. and then uh, Cold Day in Hell or whatever I think are the two that <laughs> mm-hmm. that collectively Brad and I haven't seen. But uh, Michelle, have you seen the most recent two? I, I saw the Shrieker Island. Okay, one, I think. Whatever it was, I didn't like it. No, <laughs> so. And I think I saw the pilot <laughs> of the TV series, but I don't remember watching any more than that <laughs> uh, that would have been so awesome <laughs> oh well we still we still got we still got the other ones <laughs> anything mm-hmm. with more Burt Gummer <laughs> I mean I think I just quoted him uh, last time I talked with Brad actually like from uh, Tremors right. 2 I didn't know how could I have known <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> No. I feel I was denied necessary <laughs> need to know information. I, yeah. I am completely out of out ammo. ammo. <laughs> That's never happened to me before. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm kind of. I'm guessing that uh, like a lot of that stuff in the Era Limited Edition is exclusive to the Limited Edition, like the uh, uh, Perfection Nevada sign. I'm ga- I like so. yes because uh, I think the Limited Edition is gone. It's- so yeah. I'm kind of kicking myself because I didn't know it included that that sign. That mm-hmm. was that. I'm kind of kicking right? myself over this. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'm kicking myself too because, like I said, I have. I think it's the Universal Blu-ray, and it is very bare bones. Like it, it's yeah. it's serviceable. Like it's it is a movie, but it's it is not. It's not. I that. gave mine to Brian. <laughs> Brian has mine. I do. I yes, the, uh, that's right. You sent that to me. I have the uh, the Attack Pack uh, DVD. Oh, so cool. I, I yeah, have I've all. got that too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But the first one is really now the only one you need on the good edition. Upgraded <laughs> the first one. Yeah. Yep. 
Very cool. Well, um, Brad, I guess the pick is to you, sir. What you got next? Um, all right. I, I don't think I've ever mentioned this on uh, Tales from the Shelf. I don't know. Maybe I have. If, if I can't remember, nobody else is going to. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll mention um, I have here from Vinegar Syndrome, their Homegrown Horrors Volume 1 nice. release. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, I... As much as I love lists, I I, did, I don't do like a b- best releases of the year because I, I I just if I had unlimited money maybe I would but I don't, I don't buy enough physical like I buy quite a bit of physical media but to do like a best of the year there's so much that I get years and years down the line but yeah. uh, this is probably one of my favorite releases from last year it's all very small independent regionally produced and shot horror films so you've got uh, three films here Fatal Exam. Beyond Dream's Door and Winter Beast. And honestly, I kind of enjoyed all three of them. They all kind of hit a different sweet spot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the Vinegar Syndrome box set releases. You got the individual cases inside, um, all with their own unique artwork. Just a really nice set, really simple. Like, it's not like overly trying to be fancy with its packaging, but it really gets the job done nicely. Um, and yeah, if you're somebody who likes, uh, you know, lower budget but somewhat uh, uh, ambitious horror films, uh, you know, striving to be a little bit greater than what they are, I uh, I definitely recommend checking this out. A lot of special features. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a fan of stop motion effects, Winter Beast is a real fun one. I've been um, hearing that one a lot about that one a lot on I think Colors of the Dark or one of those podcasts, mm-hmm. you know, those horror podcasts that's a little more deep cutty. Yep. Um so yeah. It, it's a weird film. Like, yeah, that's what I hear. It's yeah. not good, but like it it is like just like the uh, like just like the ambition of what they're trying yeah. to do on the effects is oh, like really too. kind of cool to watch. Uh-huh. Um I would say Beyond Dreams Door like is legit like it, I I would have thought that it was like just like a normally like you know small studio but like a studio produced film from the 80s or early 90s like it's it's pretty well made for what it is so mm-hmm. that's probably the best film of the bunch um, but they all have their own charms to them sure yeah oh yeah that's Fantastic. an amazing package Brad and there's a special feature that I'm going to ask you to display for all the folks on the webcam uh, that comes with that packaging could you could you give me a little in out action oh yeah there? the just the satisfying, like, the, no. the air, the, the way it pushes out the air. There's a particular sound that comes with a, a, a nicely put-together Blu-ray box that it's, mm, chef's kiss. It's, it's, <laughs> it's real good. Yeah. That's nice. a back-of-the-box feature they should advertise, but they did not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they are putting, this is volume one, they are, it is on their list, they're putting out volume two later this year. So. Oh, cool. Ooh, it's yeah. kind of like what Arrow did with the... American Horror Project thing. Yep, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are that's that's like a big ongoing project, isn't it? They're uh, on volume three. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, I've got know. the first one of those. <laughs> just the, like the regular standard edition, though. Are are the two of you uh, Vinegar Syndrome fans? Uh, do you have many of those titles in your collection? I don't have a whole lot. I have a handful. No. One of them is in front of my face right now. <laughs> I can't even think of what I have. <laughs> yeah, I only have uh, I think three titles of theirs. Uh, I picked it up all in one sale, like I think last year. But beyond that, um, I I continually keep an eye on their catalog, largely thanks to Brad. Uh, he's he's the one who keeps a better eye on those sorts of things. But um, in general, like I I really appreciate them, 
Like I, I really do think they make fantastic product. It's just I, I very seldom pull the trigger on actually acquiring their stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been buying a lot from the, one of their partner labels. It's a new label called Fun City Editions, and I've yeah. bought everything from them so far. I, oh, wow. I and I haven't heard of any of them before I buy them, <laughs> but I'm like, you know what? I'm I don't know. I just am compelled to get them because every single one of them has been good. Um, mm-hmm. So far, they've done Jeremy. Oh. I start counting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, real deep cuts, sort of obscure stuff. But uh, they did um, Morvern Caller, though, which is uh, Lynn Ramsey's second movie that has not been available for a very long time. Um, so, you know, and Criterion just put out Rat Catchers. So you kind of got the one two punch of those um, of those early films from her being released, you know, Um also director of her more well-known movies, which are uh, we need to talk about Kevin and um, you were never really here. Never really here. Yeah. Okay. So um, just for context, in case people don't know who we're talking about. <laughs> um, so um, and they they put out uh, Smile, which is amazing. Um, a movie called Radio On, which is my favorite discover, one of my favorite discoveries of the year so far. Oh, um, really? So yeah, really cool stuff. I really love Fun City Editions. But then I've gotten some Vinegar Syndrome, like uh, Christmas Evil. I picked up has become one of my favorite movies. Period. I love that movie. As far as holiday <laughs> horror movies go, it's it's easily my favorite. Um, <laughs> but it's so good, and you know, like Spookies and some others that are sort of off the wall and weird. You know, I've picked up yeah. as well. Yeah, Brad talked at length about Spookies on his podcast oh, a okay. while back. <laughs> yeah, Spookies rocks. I'm, I'm holding out hope. You know, speaking of Wes Craven, I'm holding out hope that they put out his porno. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's I'm true. I'm holding out hope they put out the fireworks woman because I will. That, I should say so. I, not only do I not have Swamp Thing on yeah. physical, I don't have the fireworks <laughs> woman either. Directed by Abe Snake, not by Wes Craven. Yeah, by Abe Snake. <laughs> Abe Snake, damn. Which, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna pick a porn name, oh man, that you, you can't do much better than that. That's pretty. That's good. a good one. Yeah, that is yeah. good. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's solid. Yeah. So, um, well, I just got sad because I remembered something else I could have included in this. Um, I forgot what the name of the another partner label of Vincent just put out. One of my favorite movies of recent years, Her Smell. Oh, mm. right, yeah. And it was a really, really cool edition. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That totally could have been on here, too. Yeah, that's right. They, they put that up pretty recently, correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was another one that I pre-ordered, like, right away, because I love that movie. Is it Gunpowder and Sky? Is that them? Yes, that's okay. it, yeah. That's it. Cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, actually, we, uh, uh, my regular co-host and I, Kyle, we, uh, we reviewed that one uh, not too long ago. Um, I don't think either of us own it, but, yeah, I was, I was really impressed with that film. It's awesome. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that that uh, okay. That I'll watch it. <laughs> yes, I know. I've been trying to get Ryan to watch it. <laughs> well, I've been no, trying to get her to watch 2001. I'm not gonna watch 2001. Stop it. <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of uh, future episodes in the works here that we brought up. Maybe <laughs> we'll see. Okay. <laughs> Actually, neither of those are on the list, to be honest. But. Oh, okay. Well, maybe add it then. Maybe they will be now. Yeah, they yeah. might be. I mean, because they, they really are both excellent films, certainly yeah. worthy of discussion. Anyway, I guess the, the pick is to me. Um, so I'm going to... I had a, a big, loud, stupid option, but I'm going to go with a more subtle one. Just 
I don't have the energy. <laughs> so, uh, I just have here yet another DVD again. Sorry, Brad. At least it's an import though, so you can you can at least like it's somewhat like pinky up a little bit more highbrow, I guess, because it's <laughs> quote foreign. <laughs> it's not a highbrow film. Um, nothing I have is highbrow. Haven't you noticed? Um, I have here uh, a Hong Kong edition, so this is actually Region Three, and uh, my ex made off with my uh my all region player so i have like a, a tiny block of my shelf that i'm just incapable of watching anymore uh, but i've always Aww. really liked this edition so i've kept it even though i have since upgraded to a blu-ray uh that's you know region one um so i have here uh uh this is a uh, wilson yips uh flashpoint on dvd and this is starring donnie yen from uh, i think 2007 and it's also lewis ku there pictured here but I always thought this edition was interesting because it's like a it's like a special edition, but the the packaging this is actually fabric, oh, and wow. it it, oh, it opens cool. on the diagonal. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and then there's a inner case that opens here, and then we have uh, special features and the film itself, and uh, may as well drop some shit while I'm at it. Uh, <laughs> also a collection of postcards here uh, because. Uh, a lot of uh, Asian disc publishers, that's just a thing you do. Mm-hmm. A lot of Japanese and Chinese uh, versions of discs that you get, Korean as well, um, like to give you postcards and things you can send to people or keep in the packaging if you're a collector. Um, but yeah, uh, I've always really enjoyed this movie. It was a, I don't know, it was part of like a, a little bit of like a, a renaissance period in a 2000s era Hong Kong action cinema. Like Hong Kong film is basically dead. Like right now, it's really it grinds my gears. It's really sad. Um, it it is. is. It's not what it was. And so much of what was being produced in the '80s and '90s is just not findable anymore. Um, yeah, unfortunately, some really some movies that I'm like Stanley Kwan films and stuff like that that I'm just really interested in seeing, and they're just yeah, not available. Yeah, uh, they they've not been archived very well. They're not readily available most places. Yeah. Um, but this this era in which this film came out in the in the two thousands, it was actually like kind of a, a second golden age of sorts, where yeah. they were cranking out really solid product on the regular. There was like in terms of just like blood and guts, like willingness and talent. There was also technical talent backing it. So it was like this deadly combination of sheer filmmaking capability coupled with the willingness to go balls out and put amazing images on the screen. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just a really wonderful time that uh, it happened to fall when I was uh, in college and had access to like, you know, the college BitTorrent network and whatnot, and uh, was was finding my way to these films. And it was kind of a really formative era for me where I was kind of uh, learning about the films that actually mean a lot to me, uh, mm-hmm. in ter- like in terms of the things that I look for and I appreciate the most in films. And uh, truthfully, the answer often comes down to, to stunt work and uh, fluid, edit- fluid action editing, uh, because the, the art of editing together uh, shots of action sequences is it's a fine art that I think is probably underappreciated. Yeah. Um, I, in fact, um, Brad has a friend that uh, suffers from a disease we like to call action blindness. Um, I forget, Brad, who coined that phrase? Was it him? Was it him or was it you? 
Boy, uh, let's say it was me. Let's just say it was me. (laughs) I'll take credit for that. (laughs) He's Um, not here. No, he's not here. He can't defend himself. He probably doesn't listen to my show. (laughs) He's not that good of a friend. He won't follow you to other people's programs. Um, But uh, Brad had a buddy, and I forget exactly the context, but he mentioned this, this affliction of his action blindness where he's like, yeah, I watch action films and like, I don't know if I suffer from like action blindness or something, but I don't really know what like what makes him good. Like it's it's all just stuff. <laughs> like like he he was just pointing out how he didn't he didn't have the analytical tool set to distinguish between what makes an action scene quote good mm-hmm. or just like another action scene. And it's like you gotta get on that, buddy. <laughs> like there, there really is a massive difference between poorly executed action and expertly like coordinated action, but. Yeah. Um, Flashpoint was a, a really big deal for me. Um, I have I frequent a lot of like martial arts action uh, websites. Uh, sounds like maybe some of the maybe some of the folks that you guys are in contact with might have something to do with. Uh, there's a website called City on Fire and one called Film Combat Syndicate that uh, consistently put out news about this sort of thing. But it was through them that I uh, had access to like trailers for these movies for like Donnie Yen's like second golden age in his filmography and i remember uh the trailer for this one uh flashpoint was was on repeat for me very similar to when uh christopher nolan's the dark knight was on the horizon like Mm. it's just like over and over and over again so i was thoroughly invested in this movie before it even (laughs) came out but anyway flashpoint is a it's like i think the third pairing between donnie yen and director wilson yip and I think their collaboration finally came to a close with a uh, Ipman Four, like mm-hmm. just a couple years ago. Um, but they they had this this long stretch where they he was like uh, Scorsese's like DiCaprio or De Niro, like he mm-hmm. was his muse. Like the two of them did wonderful things together, and it seems like it's finally coming to an end. But if you ask me, that one might be aside from aside from like the Ipman films, Flashpoint might be the one I appreciate the most. I've heard my uh, action fans on friends on Twitter say that that's a favorite of theirs. Yeah. Yeah. It was really unique because it, it was a, I, I think there's a lot of parallels between um, like martial arts cinema and horror cinema and mm-hmm. in, sure. in they, oh, bo- yeah. they both seem to innovate at the same pace. They're very, they're both very trend oriented where a lot of, yeah, a true. lot of yeah. producers mm-hmm. of horror mm-hmm. content seem to like, it's understood. It's not, it's not scoffed at the idea of paying homage to to another creator of horror content. It's expected that it's mm-hmm. like no, you tip the cap to those who came before because we're all in this together and we all love the same things. So it's it's not like you're cheap or or you're not talented because you're aping the the craft of other people. And I want to say the same goes for for action coordination as well, where it's like how many Indiana Jones truck chase homages have we seen over the years? It's a badge of honor to to try to replicate that scene. It, it's not considered cheap or or lazy to try to to try to reenact that to some extent um but it's it's really interesting like how these like niche like fandoms of subgenres of films like they help people mm-hmm. find each other and they they find these like bizarre little things to latch on to and it's really neat seeing the enthusiasm pour out yes yeah <laughs> definitely definitely is that a the movie pre ip man or uh yeah, this was the I think this was the last one before Yipman, and then okay. Yipman kind of just exploded. Uh, it yeah. became mm-hmm. it became something. It's funny because Yipman was part of a trend. 
Like it, it was piggybacking off of a, a wave of biopic martial arts films that were coming out of China at the time. Like Jet Li's Fearless came out mm-hmm. very shortly before it. And it's like at the time, Ip Man was like, who's Ip Man? It's like, it's like most Americans probably don't even know how to pronounce the name. It's like, oh, it's the funny looking guy that taught Bruce Lee some stuff. It's like, why should I care about him? And then the movie came out and it's like, well, nothing in this movie actually happened for the most part, but it's a pretty fucking entertaining movie. So let's make a <laughs> let's make a giant franchise out of it and piss off all of his surviving family members um, because of all the fictionalized accounts of his life. And uh, Ip Man turned into this this phenomenon. That it's it's truly bizarre how many movies bear that title um, because because it's produced in the you know the Chinese film landscape. So it's just like. There's the official Ipman movies that have the blessing of his surviving family members and, in fact, feature them in the cast. And then there's the Donnie Yen ones, which are complete fabrications. And then there's, like, a <laughs> multiple TV series. It's like the Ipman wow. cinematic universe. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the multiverse wow. of Ipman films. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> that would be amazing. A whole bunch of portals open and a bunch of guys all, all go like this. <laughs> and, 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 and have to fight Thanos with... With, with rolling punches there we go <laughs> grossly ineffectual rolling punches delivered by <laughs> middle-aged chinese <laughs> i want to see that movie god damn it <laughs> uh, anyway uh any uh, appreciation for martial arts cinema between the the movies for life folks here i i do but i just, i'm not that well versed in them yeah same well. i've seen a few of the big the big titles pretty much yeah, yeah love the I, raid movies <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i've seen enter the dragon and i've seen uh i haven't seen any like bruce lee or anything yeah <laughs> i saw i really liked iron monkey um was one i remember liking a lot but i haven't seen a lot of stuff from across the spectrum of it yeah. so oh it's it's Man. a it is intimidating because it is quite yeah. quite a it's, massive it's a spectrum. Vast, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's vast. Yeah. No, but I would I would so. recommend dipping your toes though. Um, oh, like, definitely. Like for sure, Michelle, definitely check out at least a Bruce Lee movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I know. Because like, I mean, because I mean, like, regardless of how much like appreciation you you have or can cultivate for the for the martial arts aspect of things, like yeah. Bruce Lee as a screen presence is truly dynamic like like he the camera just like loves him yeah yeah he's pretty fucking sexy i'll just say that <laughs> that is very true it'd be right up your alley in that way michelle awesome. yeah. so uh, now that i think of it, i've seen i've seen i've seen um i've seen like the five venoms i've seen uh the 39th temple of shaolin mm-hmm. chamber of shaolin sorry um i have a few come drink with me um a touch of Zen. I've seen a few sort of like the tentpole titles, I guess from a certain era, I guess, but I haven't seen beyond that really. So, no, it's, it's all really cool stuff. Um, what I think is really interesting about it is, um, like I said, I, I, I've been cultivating this theory for a while that there are a lot of parallels between like horror and, and like action Mm -hmm. or stunt coordination worlds. And like, in my mind, like makeup effects people have like a similar kind of celebrity to like martial mm-hmm. arts choreographers. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like they carry the same type of prestige, mm-hmm. but they both have like that behind the camera 
like role but somehow yeah. they they managed to be celebrities in their own right if you like saw them and you were like a super fan you'd be like oh man <laughs> like the- it's greg nicotero <laughs> sure. exactly yeah like yeah. greg Nicot- <laughs> like greg nicotero is probably like the foremost example today anyway like, like- yeah savini you know a few exactly years. <laughs> and yeah. savini's like he's like the years. best interview like like i love oh, yeah. i love watching interviews with that man like like he's mm. he's so he's so animated and passionate and he just seems like such a fun guy <laughs> He is. <laughs> Have you met him? A couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is all that true? Because I've only seen him on camera. Uh, yeah, um, he's he's kind of a staple of the convention that I used to go to, Texas Frightmare. He was there like every year. And I did go to one of his, um, he hosted a panel that was just him, pretty much. And it was him. He just walked up to the front of the room and leaned up against the podium and was like, all right. So what do you want to know? <laughs> and he and he literally just opened it up to the whole room and people asked questions and he yeah, he's he was awesome. Oh, I love that. That that I sounds like him. what I kind of picture. Like like yeah. he would be high on my list of like if I had the opportunity, not necessarily interview, but just to like chat with one of those those behind the scenes personalities. He'd, he'd be very high on my list. Kane Hodder as well. Like he's Kane Hodder's awesome. He seems pretty fucking cool. He's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Uh, how about you, Brad? You got any uh, horror celebs that you'd want to chat with? Oh boy, that's that's a good one. Um, D. Wallace from Cujo and ET. Uh, <laughs> Will you D. be Wallace my mom? Fan. <laughs> and the hills have I've eyes. Heard. Don't forget the hills have eyes. <laughs> I've met yeah, her too. <laughs> yeah, I know you. No. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Brad, have you ever been to a, a horror convention? I haven't, you know, I I don't know. I feel like uh, Michigan's really lacking in the convention uh, scene. I know we've got a Detroit Comic Con, but I don't know. I've never see, like had anything uh, like when I see the lineup, I'm always like, eh, I don't feel like driving <laughs> down there to go to that. Like, I don't know if if we were. I bet you if I went to like Chicago, I bet you there'd be a better setup. But yeah, we're we're forgotten up here. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm in Missouri. I travel down to Texas. Oh, there you go. Yeah, every yeah. year for this thing because they do a good job, and I've missed it. Yeah, I, I mean, I I'm not even that much of a convention person myself, but like there's there's a couple of like retro video game uh, conventions that I was going to annually, like as of a few years ago, and then. Mm-hmm. Pfft, it's like, well, yep. <laughs> I was just starting to get comfortable being social for a change in my 30s. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but yeah. oh well. But yeah, Brad, maybe consider that someday. I don't. I don't yeah. know. Are you a convention guy? Because I'm really not for the most part. <laughs> I, I think I'd get into it if I went. It's just I've never experienced one, so it's hard to say. But I think I'd have a lot of fun if I did go. I mean, if you're anything like me, you'd probably just fart around at the vendor tables more so than like all the mm. the other stuff. <laughs> it's like, ooh, vinegar They're syndrome. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, when like vinegar syndrome or Severin and them post, oh, we're gonna be at this, uh, you know, convention. That that gets me more excited than any of the celebrities <laughs> being there, to be honest. Like, oh, well, I can browse a, a vinegar syndrome table. Hell yeah, I'd go for that. That's like my favorite thing. Yeah, at Texas Primer, they always had uh, Vincent, Severin, and Arrow were all in like the same little Arrow area, Ooh. and I was like, oh, Brad, yes, <laughs> Brad, get on that. <laughs> dangerous. <It's> dangerous. <laughs> it's like, we gonna yeah. make our rent this month? Yeah. No. There, there was one year I may have come home with like. 15 or so blu-rays <laughs> so hey whatever makes you happy so, again such is the life of a collector yep exactly <laughs> they make me happy okay let's do another round then 
All right. So this is um, the. I just happened to see this movie on the big screen for the first time a couple weeks ago uh, for its 80th anniversary. And this edition is the 70th anniversary of Casablanca. Ooh. Uh, okay. So this is the Blu-ray edition. Um, again, I picked this because lots of cool shit. Um, so it's got a poster, big old classic, nice one. Wow. Nice, nice profile of like Ingrid that. there. Yeah, it's a really nice. I've never seen that poster. before. Yeah, I hadn't either until we got this. Um, it's got a book. So it's a pretty slim little volume, but it's uh, a whole thing, a bunch of essays, um, and photos, and all sorts of things like that. It has um, coasters <laughs> that come in this little <laughs> thing. I love that. That's cool. So uh, we haven't even taken them out of the plastic yeah. so they're all together but they just say Casablanca on them if you can see that um, then um, the edition itself is you know the blu-ray um, so it's got blu-ray disc one um, is uh, got the movie itself with a all new 4K scan, which I believe they have done again yeah. uh, for its inevitable 4K release for its 80th anniversary that I'm sure is coming out this year. Um, and is probably <laughs> the scan they used for that big screen engagement, right? Um, but it's got something about Michael Curtiz on it, um, Casablanca, an unlikely classic, uh, an introduction by Lauren Bacall, uh, commentaries by Roger Ebert and, Ruby, and Rudy Bellmer, um, which were ported over from earlier editions. Um, the Warner Night at the Movies thing, which is really cool. They're usually hosted by Leonard Malton. They have a cartoon and all these other things, newsreel, all these things thrown in there. Um, and all kinds of nifty things. And then the second disc uh, is another Blu-ray that has um, some has documentaries about the film itself, about Warner Brothers, about... Uh, Jack Warner in particular. And then disc three is the DVD edition of the movie because Blu-ray was a relatively new format at the time. So they included both um, as they often did back in those days. So this is um, this movie is kind of a special movie to me because it was um, the first movie my wife and I bonded over when we first met. Um, and so uh, it, you know, seeing it on the big screen it like it still works it still uh is effective it's still um romantic it's still a great story and it's still um it's still a great film you know and i uh yeah and that's a damn cool edition of it <laughs> so that's that's all there is to it um so yeah and I'm not sure we've ever actually watched the disc, but um, you know, hey, it's uh, it's one that I'm. It's a it's a great addition to have, if nothing else, you know. And um, yeah, we've gotten multiple editions of that. I mean, the original blue, uh, the original DVD, the special edition DVD, you know, the first Blu-ray release of it, you know, and then this, you know, so we'll probably get it on 4k too it's one of those kind of movies for us mm -hmm. so anyway 
Yeah, Castle I Rock. gotta say the coasters. That's a cool. Like I, no, I don't no. know. I can't think of. Has there been any other releases that anyone can think of that include coasters? Because I, I like <laughs> no. that. You know, it seems like it would be a great addition uh, for like The Shining or something like that. It's like you have a you have a coaster because it's a movie about you know alcoholism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I the coasters was an interesting interesting touch it's like i heard there was like an edition of showgirls that came with a blindfold and stuff so all sorts of kinky bondage stuff (laughs) (laughs) oh that's that's really that's really handsome package i've seen that edition for sale on hamilton and i was afraid to buy it because it's so it's oddly shaped i wouldn't know what to do with it i know i have to it it goes on the same (laughs) shelf as my as my Godzilla set, my Bird right. set, my Varda set, you know, that have no place else to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was about to say it has kind of a similar silhouette to my uh, Christopher Nolan uh, Batman collection there. Mm-hmm. That That is a sad box, by the way. Like, yeah. it, it, it's, it's, it's clunky, it's unwieldy, it's massive. And on top of that, you get a Micro Machine Tumblr. In, instead of really cool coasters and a booklet, you get a fucking micro machine Batmobile. <laughs> like, obviously, that's the whole reason I bought that box. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously, that's the only reason to buy that box. So, like, yeah, yeah it, it's that's a really handsome package, though. Um, yeah, like, it's like a as a edition. display piece, and also like with the sentimental angle to it as well. It's like it'd be a cool thing to have up in your collection, you know. It doesn't stay closed very very well though. That's hey, the same with thing. the Batman box. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the one thing. It's like it's like they meant it to be like lay flat or something like that. Because I, I think ridiculous. so. I think so. Yeah. And uh, I have a, a Wolverine uh, box set that has the same thing, where it just it, yeah. just, it lets out a sigh every once in a while and just goes, <sighs> and, then the, and the, the lid starts to come out a little bit. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah. Hey. <laughs> anyway uh michelle me yeah what, what's your All next right. pick i'm gonna do another arrow release of my i'm shocked no, no right <laughs> who would have thunk it that uh but this is my favorite guillermo del toro movie oh, their peak, yeah. crimson mm, peak mm-hmm. edition i i didn't um get this as soon as it was released and so uh i was so nervous that i had missed out on this like super cool there's like a regular edition and then there's like the super cool edition but uh someone informed me that it was still available on hamilton after it was like supposedly sold out from arrows so i finally got it and totally worth it um this i mean it's like a freaking book it's so cool and it opens just i love this um the art on the front is just I don't know. It's gorgeous. Like, yeah, I don't know how to describe good. that. It's, yeah. But it's just beautiful. You open it. It's got this little like pull tab thing here that pulls out a book, which is in a sleeve. It's like an actual book book. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the book, like usual booklet that it has, you know, with all the essays and stuff in it. Um, I like this one a lot though too because it's got. Uh, like concept illustrations for mm-hmm. the ghosts. Yeah. Very so cool. I, I don't know. I love stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They're so cool looking. Mm-hmm. And it's also got um, 
concept drawings for like the house too mm-hmm. um for the setting for just all the different um locations and it, um, it's even got the uh like a little cool little drawing of the little uh clay the conveyor digger. belt yeah. thing yeah. that's outside ah love it <laughs> and then like the movie is like all the way down here at the the bottom <laughs> of this of this case oh, wow. because then you also get um cute little pictures of the More characters yeah, it's got nice. stuff on the on the other yeah. side too and i really liked this um this art that was came on the poster had the original art that was mm-hmm. on the dvd <coughs> and then this picture is beautiful i love this oh i don't think i've seen that before i haven't seen that either i know and how cool is that that's really neat um the only problem with um the kind of posters that arrow puts in here is that they're folded and so instead of rolled yeah lines Mm -hmm. everywhere so uh you have to like uh, lay it flat and even then you still have like the little creases and stuff but very cool art to have um just kind of uh, matches the. I love this movie so much. I think it's gorgeous, and I think like the the release kind of matches the aesthetic of the movie. You know. Well, you even have to yes. dig for the disc. <laughs> right. You have to dig through the red clay to get to the. Tab. <laughs> it's all the way in the bottom of this. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of feels like an after that. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, here's the movie too. <laughs> you get all this other cool stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so. kicking myself. I I have the uh, the lame standard edition of the uh-huh. Arrow disc. But so do I, I now. Oh, no, not oh. Arrow. Mine's not Arrow though. You have the. Yeah. I gave you I, the regular. You, one. you gave me the regular <laughs> Blu-ray. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I have the Arrow one, and um, actually, Brad and I did an episode of Tales from the Shelf uh, called Artful Aesthetics, um, where we talked about like movies that, on an aesthetic level, like in terms of just like visual presentation or yeah. showstoppers. Yeah. And that was one of this my picks for that. Them. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, in terms of production design, uh, it, it's absolutely incredible to look at. Mm-hmm. Like, like even if you even if you like didn't have a clue what the what was going on, if you just like walked by and you saw it playing on the screen, it's like, hello, I need to sit down yeah. for a minute. Like that yep. was incredible. Uh, on movies for life, uh, you guys talked about uh, Pan's Labyrinth very recently, right? Mm-hmm. We did. Yeah, uh, I I remember. I think you guys touched on this, but like I, I noticed, like Guillermo del Toro has a thing about face trauma. Like, like he's <laughs> yes. really big on fucking up people's faces. <laughs> like, like, yeah. and I want to say it's like I don't think it's exactly that. I think it's something about like his his style of presenting violence. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a certain edge that comes with it that it's not an it's not it's never treated as an ordinary thing. There, there's right. mm-hmm. it always has some some form of like not necessarily theatricality but like some like really significant punch to it that makes it stand yes. out as yeah. like a very impactful meaningful moment in a lot of his movies um but yeah good like, face trauma in, a, yeah. in the crimson peak <laughs> we're like by the end the the villains their uh their outside matches their inside yeah they like shed yeah. their skin like so yeah. they they come to resemble the monster that that's been yep. buried yeah yeah, I need to revisit. I don't. I haven't seen that one since uh, theaters. It's been a while. I actually haven't watched it in a while either. I'm like itching to to get back into it. Yeah, especially now. I, <laughs> I only got the standard edition Blu-ray, so I'm not in any rush to. to if I had the Arrow Blu-ray, maybe I'd be in more of a rush <laughs> to pop it in, but not on that standard Blu-ray. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, I uh, one of the things that I didn't think to grab for whatever reason is I have the Criterion trilogy Del Toro. Uh, you know, that's mm-hmm. got that's got Kronos, um, Devil's Backbone, and Pan's Labyrinth in it. That's a really cool set too. That is also oddly shaped and opens on its own. Let, yeah, let me ask you <laughs> on that. I, so is that like shaped? Can you put that on like a shelf or does that have to be like off, outside the like normal shelf? You, would you know have what to, I mean? It does, it, it's, it's square shaped. So okay. it, doesn't, it doesn't quite fit. Because I was considering getting that, but like a lot of these directors collections, they are like they start they like they start with on the spine they start with the name of the director so it'll be like like a hitchcock collection it'll have hitchcock the complete collection like i don't know it lists yeah. them for, so it's like okay put it under h but with that one because it's like trilogy <laughs> del Toro, like would you yeah. put it under t would you put it under d where the hell are you gonna put that it's on a separate shelf yeah that's what that's probably what it, I would it's, do, but it's I, on I, I don't it's know it's on I'm, the uh weirdly shaped ones with varda yeah. and Okay. Burden. Yeah. I don't have have Fellini. I don't like Fellini enough to get that one. (laughs) Sorry. I have a special section of the shelf that is for box sets and, yeah, weird shaped things that don't fit in with the other standard sizes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Brad asking the important questions um, always. Brad is super critical of the way my my collection is laid out. (laughs) You would hate mine so much. It's not even funny. I don't know. He might actually. Michelle would yell at me for my. Mine is beautifully organized. It is. It is. Michelle would be very upset if she saw my the current state of my DV, oh, no. my blu-ray shelves <laughs> i'm <just> like <laughs> you need to get a paper bag for one of your something deep breaths deep breaths is this the end, this the end of the friendship <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's a good thing we live 2000 miles apart you know, so <laughs> my sloppy collection can't hurt you yeah, i would come right. that far to help you with your i collection. know you would yeah yeah <laughs> Trevor, wasn't correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't my uh, big issue with yours is that you uh, you didn't separate out DVDs and Blu-rays. No, you mixed them uh, all together. Well, no, I, no. I think it was having to do with like numbers and letters. Brian. or something. Okay. No, I'm I have afraid, my. So. You don't you don't separate the DVDs and Blu-rays. Oh my god! It's just a free for all. Just, just like the heights of the boxes goes. Like aesthetically, how do you stand that? <laughs> They're different it's sizes. It's in a shelf behind me, behind okay. doors. I can't, don't have to okay. look at it. Well, see, that's the difference. You have doors. Doors are in very short supply in Seattle. Yeah. So um, I don't have the convenience of being able to do that. But but yeah, Brad has any number of issues. Oh, no, with the, the shelving has like these sliding doors on it. Oh, even better. Oh. <laughs> but Brad nice. has always given me shit for the way I organize my collection. My wife on that, yeah. I don't. It's like this is really lovely, but can I not look at it all the time? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, Brad, um, pick is to you, sir. Are you gonna pick something to to spite me or something like that? Or is no, (laughs) no. I think you know. I think I'm gonna have to call an audible on this one and go with something I I wasn't even gonna pull it off the shelf, but uh, we already brought up the film so brian i'm, I'm gonna have to apologize to i your see wife. it behind you yeah but, i saw uh, it back there i'm gonna have to grab uh the uh gi- giantly tall release of the midsummer director's cut 
Um, Which I still haven't seen the director's cut. I've only seen the theatrical. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you something. I haven't seen uh, the director's cut. Oh, either. okay, fair <laughs> enough. Good, great. I, I want It's three hours long, so it's like uh, uh, you know, I want to watch it, but it's hard to squeeze in. Um, mm-hmm. But no, this is a really cool release. Uh, it was put out by A twenty four themselves, um, and I got to be careful with uh, this here. I got to be careful with what I show because there are some. Well, there goes the disc, but. Uh, it's a great release. The disc doesn't stay inside very well. Mm-hmm. And I think but, um, we already have some boobs on this on this particular episode, yeah, Brad. So. We both showed <laughs> that's, our possession covers. So. That's true. There, there might be. This might go a little further than the possession. Uh, okay, let's not go nuts here. Like we yeah, don't want to get yanked off so, of YouTube. <laughs> like, there's a lot of just great midsummer imagery in here. Like, let me see if I can find a. Like, yeah, like there's some there's some intercourse going on in here. More, more intercourse. <laughs> Here, this you can show this on YouTube, right? Somebody being burned alive, like that's okay, right? Oh, that's, that's no problem. Fine. That's no problem. That's that's yeah. fine. That's um, fine. But yeah, some some really interesting art that goes along with the film, and there is a introduction by Marty Marty Scorsese himself. He was he's been championing Dad. this film since it came out. So um, yeah, it's it's a really cool release. Uh, again, the disc fell out as soon as I opened it, so it's gonna lose some points on that alone. <laughs> But uh, I do uh, I do like this film. I, I liked Hereditary quite a bit more. Um, but I, I would like to revisit this and see the director's cut and see if maybe it works a little better for me on a, on a rewatch. But, uh, yeah, this is a really cool release. That is a nice release. I've seen it, but I wasn't willing to pay for it. Yeah, uh, it, it, was, it, was, it, was it was a little, it was little pricey. pricey for me. Yeah, um, yeah. Especially because, you know, I, I, I like the film, but I... I'm not like, I think I found it at Walmart for like, you know, nine bucks, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. that was, that was, that was good for yep. me on, on that one. But, um, but yeah, it's, I, though I like, I want to see the, I want to see the director's cut because I hear that Christian's like a bigger asshole in that version mm-hmm. and all sorts of stuff. So, um, I don't know. I'd be curious, but. Yeah, I'll get around to it someday. Um, I think is it this year that Ari Aster's next film is coming out? I know he's working on one, so maybe when that comes out, I'll hmm. try and pair it with that. I know Robert Eggers has a new one coming out, so it seems mm-hmm. natural. <laughs> yeah, it seems natural. They seem to release the same year all the time, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure, but um, actually, I just I just gave that to Kyle, uh, Brad. Uh, my my regular co-host on the show, I, I just mm-hmm. gifted that exact edition to him, um, and he watched it. Actually, I was really su- I was really surprised. He 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 got right into it, and uh, uh, he said he he prefers the director's cut. And this mm-hmm. is coming from someone who deeply values uh, short run times in his watching habits. Like <laughs> like oftentimes that's a selling I point for him. That yeah yeah. Um, but he he did like the director's cut over the theatrical. And uh, what's more, he's. It, Again, coming from a person who doesn't normally appreciate these sorts of things, he also said the the score, uh, the soundtrack for it, really resonated with him. And normally, that's a thing that he it just goes one ear out the other, like he barely yeah. notices it. But this time, he's like, no, like I actually sat down, and listened to the score after I watched the movie again. So uh, definitely, I guess find a way to check it out. Um, but yeah, Brad, I'm, it's interesting. I don't know if you've ever talked about that before on the show, cause it, it's always visible in the frame, but I was like wondering when you're going to get around to it, but finally we got to it. Tonight's the <laughs> night, baby. Tonight's the <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually am looking for an excuse to rewatch that one. 
Uh, so maybe the director's cut is the way I'll go. But again, the, the price tag for that one is usually the, the barrier in my mind that keeps me from yeah. getting to it. But I, there was enough material there that uh, kind of similar to I, I actually poked uh, Brian, I think, on, on Twitter about uh, Dr. Sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a director's cut of that that I'm very curious about because I've heard nothing but good things about it. Like, it's, like it's I guess it's yeah. I've I've heard it's just the better version of the movie, and I already liked it. So it's like, of course I want to see the director's cut. We have an episode coming up where oh. we talk a little bit about the differences, though we couldn't remember a whole lot. Um, there are, some of them are just aesthetic. Um, some of them are just, um, sort of the way the chapter breaks happen and stuff, but yeah. Um, we both love Dr. Sleep. So yeah. Yeah. Brad, how about you? You, you Dr. Sleep fan? Yeah, I definitely, I've seen it twice now and I, based on my ratings, I like the director's cut a lot more. Um, but I don't know. That could have been just, you know, I was a little more settled in for sure. on the yeah. second watch. Cause I did, mm-hmm. I had read the book before seeing the film so i could have been immediately seeing the film after reading the book i could have been a little more critical um and then Uh-oh. watching the director's yeah. cut a year or two <laughs> oh. later i was just a little more removed from the source material but I, I do like the film overall okay well you cut out there brad i'm gonna assume that you were just like <laughs> calling me a son of a bitch the whole time <laughs> but oh. i'm sure it was all gold and it'll be yep. on it'll be on your recording so it's it's all staying in including the uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> excellent um, but yeah a nice pick brad i'm, I'm really glad you've, you've you had an excuse to share it because i've always been curious what your thoughts on that one yeah. were um but yeah it sounds like it might have to make a reappearance on uh, the backlog boogie uh whenever yeah. we get around to that <laughs> um, but i guess the the pick is to me i'm gonna continue the the train of uh lowbrow picks here as well as money going to questionable uh sources here <laughs> so um i have here uh, a shit ton of blu-rays that um there's a reason i've been holding off on showing these to you brad uh, i did mention them before i was like good god that is far too much of that for any grown man to have in their possession um <laughs> but now i have the whole set so now i can show it off in all of its aesthetic presentation glory so i have here like i said a shit ton of uh ultraman blu-rays oh nice uh, from uh, your favorite, Brad, Mill Creek. <laughs> so Wonderful. Brad, yeah, Brad is not not especially a big fan of Mill Creek. I don't think anyone really is. Um, but their licensing catalog, uh, they just sometimes sometimes, man, they they just they just gobble up the rights to exactly the right thing. And in this case, Ultraman just happens to be the, exactly the right thing, like exactly the right property for me. Because uh, I've I've long been invested in this franchise. I was raised on the Ultraman, if you will. Um, many people have been raised on the Ultraman, being as the franchise date back. It dates back to like 1966, but actually slightly mm-hmm. earlier than that, because this actually includes uh, Ultra Q, uh, which is a series that slightly predates Ultraman. Um, but yeah, the the presentation of like lining up all these boxes together is. You know, for, very for satisfying. Us, it's very satisfying. It, yeah. It's satisfying in that like like CGI animation that you see on Instagram sort of way, where it's like, oh man, that that like weird metallic what's it, it being extruded out of that hole. It's just so satisfying. <laughs> but um, yeah, on, on an aesthetic level, being able to put that on my shelf is very satisfying. But um, 
in addition to that, though, the, the transfers on the discs are pretty solid. Um, actually, uh, kind of the the catalyst for me investing in these uh, came as a result of a Shout Factory a DVD set I had of uh, Ultra 7. Uh, so that would be this series here. Um, being just gross to look at. Um, uh, several years ago, they put uh, Shout Factory put out a, a DVD box set of the entire television series of Ultra 7. I picked that up and I tried to watch it and... I don't know, like it, maybe it's an upscaling issue or something. It is, it's unwatchable. Like humans mm. don't look human. Like they just look like blotches. It, it was terrible to look at. It, it was shocking coming from, from yeah, Shout Factory. That is shocking from them. Um, but thankfully that the, the Mill Creek <laughs> edition, thankfully of all things is, is far superior and is quite handsome to look at. And even the subtitle quality while not the best is, is pretty good. Um, there's there's certain boxes here that are subtitled more accurately than others, but it's it's never like totally incomprehensible or anything. It's just you can tell that maybe they had like the good the the A team and the B team working in the subtitle department that day or something. Uh, so there are certain seasons of the show that that are are better than others in terms of subtitle quality. But thankfully, picture quality it's very sharp. And uh, for me, this is. This was like stuff that's tailor made for me. Certainly not for everyone, um, but they did handle it largely with care. Each and every one of these boxes comes with uh, the full television series in in HD, but all, but presented in four by three because of the era. Like this is nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies television from Japan. Uh, but each and every one of these comes with a production booklet uh, that gives you a rundown of uh, all the critters featured all the kaiju featured from episode to episode as well as uh, episode breakdowns uh, which i'll tell you straight up uh, very very useful for me when uh i walk away and i forget what episode i'm on and you know having an episode description can sometimes help you find your place again um but yeah uh, i was really shocked that uh <laughs> mill creek of all people would would gobble up the ultraman license and actually do a pretty solid job of putting out discs of of uh this by by Western standards, uh, somewhat obscure property. Mm-hmm. Uh, any connection to Ultraman in the room other than me? <laughs> you know, I saw an Ultraman <laughs> movie. I think when I was a kid, but that's that's all I got. <laughs> so, well, it yeah. it never really had as much of a foothold uh, in the states. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean, I I had the benefit of like I said, having family from Hawaii, so I got mm-hmm. a lot of. Japanese exports thrown my way throughout throughout my youth and whatnot, and on top of that, in the very early '90s, uh, the Australian Ultraman television series, so like uh, Tsuburaya Studios, the Japanese production company, actually like outsourced uh, the property to an Australian company um, and shot it in English, and they actually played that on American television when I was a kid. Um, so that was kind of my first introduction. And these days, in retrospect, kind of similar to my. Uh, relationship with like superhero comic books like 90s comic books are often thought of as some of the the worst superhero shit that ever happened um but it's what i was raised on so it's what i'm accustomed to um it's it's the flavor i'm most familiar with and same goes for like ultraman i guess where the the australian the often thought of as like one of the worst versions of the series ever that was that was the first one i saw so it's the one i was accustomed to but um, very similar to Common Rider, Ultraman's actually kind of like a competing franchise. It, it 
persists to this day. In fact, I think they just announced a new television series like a few days ago. Um, but these are all like f the earliest iterations of it. So again, th these are from like the 1960s uh, through the early 70s. And it, it has a wonderful charm to it. It's like it's like a Gamera movie from the 60s. Uh, but a weekly television series, and it's it's a really fun way to spend your afternoon. Honestly, I didn't know it went that <laughs> far back. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, Eiji Tsuburaya was the uh, special effects technician who worked on the original Gojira, uh, mm -hmm. and then he formed his own production company after working with Toho uh, for several decades, and then made Ultraman, and the rest is history. But yeah, Mill Creek made something good, Brad. Imagine that. <laughs> Broken clock is right at least twice a day, right? <laughs> well said. Well said. Okay. Well, um, I think I'm about tapped out. So, uh, folks, you want to proceed into the speed round? What What all this is is just like whatever you got laying around that you didn't have a chance to show off. Just like okay. Just throw it up. Say a little something about it. We won't. We won't do like a big long seminar about it. But just like run through whatever you got. Um, Ryan, you want me to go first, uh, or, or are you set to go? I'm set. Okay, I, go for Either it. way, yeah. Uh, okay, so the aforementioned uh, Arrow edition of RoboCop oh, is awesome. Sweet. This is, this is the Steelbook. Um, that's the Blu-ray. It's not the 4K. Um, Severin, the Changeling from 1980. Mm. It's a terrific edition, and it's got the soundtrack on, oh, CD, wow. on CD in there, too. And the movie is incredible. That's a so, uh, George C. Scott. George right? C. Scott, yeah, yeah, and it is one of my favorite ghost stories ever. Fantastic movie. Um, Night of the Creeps has both <laughs> versions. Uh, it's got the theatrical and the director's cut, and they're both great. <laughs> and they're not that different from each other, but you know, except for the ending. But uh, Night of the Creeps, I fucking love this movie. Same if here. You if you haven't seen Night of the Creeps, you got to see Night of the Creeps. Absolutely. Um, maybe the one of the best editions of a movie that I've seen in a long time, night of the demon uh, from indicator. Um, oh. And this is a whole freaking massive list of all of the features that are on that edition. So it's wow. got multiple transfers. It's got uh, the American cut. It's got the British cut. This is the, there's another movie called night of the demon. That's, you know, the, the, the Bigfoot ripping off the guy's penis. Um, movie but this is not that this is this is from this is from the 50s directed by uh jacques tourneur who also did cat people and leopard man and some foul movies um dvd near dark oh i got that one too yeah this uh why this doesn't have a better edition on blu-ray god only knows uh because this movie's incredible i actually prefer it to the lost boys uh anyway <laughs> Then, okay, so I grabbed a couple of, of Criterions that I thought were cool because they had books with them. Um, so one is Red River by Howard Hawks. It's got the novel um, that it was from. It has two cuts of the movie. Uh, it's got the preview cut and the theatrical cut. Um, and all sorts of special features, as per usual with Criterion. Another is uh, Vampire from 1932. Uh, this is... The most batshit uh, classic vampire movie you will ever see. Um, and uh, it's uh, Carl Theodore Dreyer. <laughs> uh, so it's it's a wild movie. But it's got the shooting script in it. And um, 
yeah, this is a terrific movie. I really love that one. Um, and then lastly, the these were um, sort of a holy grail for me. I was like, I really, really want to see these movies. They were on Criterion, went out of print, became really expensive. Vinegar Syndrome and Severin put them out separately. Uh, Flesh for Frankenstein mm. and Blood for Dracula. Yeah, so um, Flesh for Frankenstein has the 3D version <laughs> in there. Now, Severin always, or, or Vinegar Syndrome, you know, you've got slipcovers inside there too. And 3D glasses. Hey, Flesh for Frankenstein. Nice. Um, so if you don't have a 3D TV, you've got that version, but you also have the one that is uh, um, the sort of the, the fakey uh, 3D one, you know, version <laughs> if you need it. Um, and there was a problem with the color on the original release. They sent you a new one in the mail, no questions asked. And you don't even have to destroy the old disc like you need, like you do with Criterion and Citizen. Ayo. Uh, so, and then Blood for Dracula, I haven't watched yet, to be honest. But um, Severin does great work. And, um, of course, these are both Udo Kier movies. Got a cool little mini poster in there. Um, three discs. One of them is a CD of the soundtrack, as Severin is wont to do. So, yeah, that's what I got spectacular nice yeah all right michelle what you got me yeah all right i got a couple of criterions two of first one one of my favorite movies of all time princess bride edition wonderful i love what they did with this because it's 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 a book it's not like plastic it looks and feels like it's an actual book it's like yeah and so the um the booklet is actually attached to it because it's like a book and the movie's all about you know fairy tales and storytelling so that's perfect and then it says as you wish on the back oh that's cool so oh that's perfect. awesome um i'm probably eventually going to get the whole like uh godzilla <laughs> collection because it's like a new love of mine but brian gave me this and i had to show this off because i thought this was freaking adorable that they did this with the inside oh <laughs> <laughs> love it <laughs> Uh, let's see one um two of my very very prized possessions i have to be careful because they're falling apart are my uh book of the dead editions of evil dead and evil dead 2 and they're like falling apart it's like getting all dried out (laughs) and nasty um but these are super cool this used the eyeball used to be able to like touch the eyeball and it would make a screaming sound on it (laughs) Love that. Um, another prize possession because it's so hard to come by now is the original uh, tin collection of the, uh, the Friday the 13th. I forgot Friday to show the Scream Factory collection. one. Yeah, he's got Ooh. that. I have the original one. Very yeah. sexy. Yeah. By the way, this this is worth the price just for the gore cut stuff uh, that they found, the gore effect stuff they found from part two. I mean, really? seriously, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's probably not worth the whole price for them, but you know, you know what it is. I also got for, for 3D me, glasses. Oh, for part <laughs> three? For part three. Very and nice. It also came with a little Camp Crystal Lake Kessler patch. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and um, I don't know, like a wristband or something. So I just, yeah, from, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what that is. But I... <laughs> um, <laughs> 
to go along with that, I also had to grab the, um, I have the unrated version of Jason Goes to Hell, which is the better version of it. <laughs> um, and then another couple of DVDs uh, was uh, the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, only because the DVD that New Line put out is super cool on the inside. I already had it pulled out so that it opens up. Oh, cool. wow. <laughs> and it's a that's chainsaw. A, it's a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's very and clever, actually. Open up into a chainsaw, and then on the inside, it's um, got a little, like, it says it's an evidence. Ah, ah. And it's got, like, pictures. It's got, like, poli- they, they look like police evidence photos from it. <laughs> New Line uh, sim- used to put out such amazing dvds their sets were always so cool fight club and seven and boogie Mm -hmm. nights were all just these amazing sets the other one that i have that's kind of cool like that is uh memento yeah and that was another one i had in mind yeah so this kind of looks like a a case file so that was really cool let's get watch Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know, it just, it looks like, um, like a psychiatrist or a police, like a case file on, uh, what's his name? Leonard, Leonard Shelby. So very cool stuff on that. Very cool. Um, the other one I have, um, just cause it's a lot of fun. One of my recent favorite anthologies is, uh, Tales of Halloween. And this was kind of a, a limited edition thing that they did. Um, uh, and it includes, the the movie obviously and then there's a uh, a bonus disc that has all these other like extra short films from the, the directors that were oh, wow. involved and it's got commentaries um other bonus stuff and then it also has the soundtrack cd so oh this was very cool and just a good way to support the people who uh, helped make this so that's why i got this too so yes yeah, that's what i have yeah. yeah very cool that was it <laughs> Now my desk is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> that that usually that's usually how these episodes go. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> There's shit everywhere. Um, I, I've only got two more here, um, but I'll mention I have uh, from you know I mentioned Kino just putting mm-hmm. Criterion to shame. I've got the 4K of Silence of the Lambs. Looks great. Uh, I didn't buy the Criterion Blu-ray, so I upgraded from the MGM Blu-ray to this one. And this release just looks great. I mean, uh, you can see Jodie Foster's cold sore clearer than ever in the famous Hannibal Lecter scene. Um, so that's that's a great release. And this one, you know, this isn't, like, actually that good of a release. I, I don't even know why I grabbed this. But let's give a little love to Paramount. <laughs> Paramount Presents. They're trying to put on a fake boutique label with their Paramount Presents titles. And I've got a few of them. So I've got uh, Trading Places here. And I do like these Paramount Presents releases because they got the clear cases inside, which is a nice little touch. You've got the slipcovers fold out into the uh, the poster there, which is kind that's of a cool nice, little yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, and they're numbered. So if you're like, you know, OCD and you've got to collect them all, then you all of a sudden are in the whole hundreds of dollars. So, uh, you know, just a great tactic to get some more sales by Paramount. It's like those Vestron releases. Oh, I, trust me, I've got them all. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brad, Brad does have all the Vestron releases. I, 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 I only have like time. three of them. That's why I don't keep mine together, because if they're separated, I don't know that they're not complete. 
So good idea. <laughs> yeah. Good idea. I wish I had thought of that. I Smart. wish I'd done that. Smart. It's too late now. <laughs> I've got waxwork shivers. Maximum Overdrive, which rules. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, that movie rules. It does. <laughs> as bad as it is, it rules. And uh, and what else? Oh, I've got uh, Return of Living Dead 3. Oh. So I have the same ones. <laughs> oh, very cool. Where are you going? For wax, I don't have Waxwork yet. Yeah, it's Waxworks and Waxworks 2. Yeah, I want to get that. So it's, it's a cool set, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen Waxworks 2, but the first one was, was a it's lot of fun. fun. It's yeah. pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it has that a uh, bizarre wrap up where it j- it just turns into the the pie fight basically, <laughs> or it's just, it's just sure. like whatever. It's an ending. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, what do I got here? So, um, I did not pull. Like, there's a lot of things that I I wish I had pulled down, but um, I've shared them on previous episodes uh, of the program, so I didn't want to make it redundant to the five people who care. Uh, anyway. Uh, I'm just going to breeze through these here. So I have here uh, something that is completely uh, basically rendered irrelevant by today's standards, but it's a, it's a RoboCop DVD set mm-hmm. um, from MGM, and it uh, has the novelty factor of uh, folding out into the into a RoboCop. <laughs> so you had your chainsaw, but I have a RoboCop. <laughs> <That's fine>. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so it, it unfolds into a RoboCop. Um, and really, the only reason I wanted to highlight this one is just for like personal reasons, and that's because I was really kind of obsessed with RoboCop when I got this, like when I was in my early teens. And uh, it just so happened that um, this was, you know, somewhat early days uh, in terms of like internet film discussion and whatnot, and. Uh, I caught wind of the fact that you mean there's a slightly more violent version of RoboCop that I haven't right. seen. So I, I went, I did my due diligence and I had to track this stuff down because it wasn't readily available information. You had to hunt for it. Um, so I tracked down a, a DVD of the movie that, that has that cut of the film. And the, the only, at the time, the only other way to get the now standard version of the movie because as far as i know that's just how the movie exists on every format these days arrow has both versions on their release yeah yeah as far as i know it's it's a common feature these days but when i bought that it wasn't um and the only way to get it was the criterion Criterion one yep or this Mm -hmm. this box set there was no like sync you couldn't just buy the individual rubicop one uh, outside of the Criterion edition. So me going out and buying that box set was me going out and spending a lot of money so I could see 3 seconds of extra violence, but it was it was it was worth it to me at the time. It, it still kind of is. It was it still made for is, a, yeah. It was a fun it was a fun little adventure in early collecting of movies for me. But um I have here a a Japanese DVD, uh, Region 2. I'm sorry about all the DVDs, Brad. <laughs> no. um, this is another common Rider property, but this is from when I was in college. This was the the version of the show, the iteration of the show that was uh, contemporary to when I was in college. Uh, this is common Rider Kabuto, and it's Godspeed Love in a wonderful Japanese titling. I, I love that. Like you can't you can't have a title long enough by Japanese standards. But uh, in, inside you have a dog tag and uh, some like certificates in here as well. As well as some like merchandise flyers and whatnot. But it's a it's presented well on DVD and it's also a, a extended cut of the movie which is a welcome feature. But the dog tag was a nice little trinket that I didn't expect to be in there. But I appreciate it. 
Um, and then I have, uh, speaking of uh, Michelle's uh, Godzilla, I have uh, not the Criterion edition, but um, was it uh, Classic Media, uh, their DVD box of Godzilla. And this was, uh, I think, the first time this was released yep. in the West mm-hmm. on, on DVD. Um, and then similarly, I also have a trio of other uh, classic media uh, DVDs of Godzilla films from the Showa era. Uh, this one's my absolute favorite, Terror of Mechagodzilla. And uh, what's more, this mm-hmm. was the first time the Japanese cut of the movie in the original Japanese language was again released in the West. Uh, so for me, I was raised on the Godzilla, very similar to how I was raised on the Ultraman, even more so with Godzilla, though. I, wa- I watched this movie on repeat. My poor mother had to watch this, <laughs> like, for the first half of my life, basically, on repeat, and, like, as well as my older brother. So she's probably seen this twice as much as both of us. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, this was my first opportunity to actually see the original Japanese version of the film. And also the correct aspect ratio right <laughs> which was really weird to me uh seeing for the first time as an adult um also i have a movie i don't even like i think i think a roommate just left this in my apartment at some point i don't even like this movie <laughs> but it was a really f- big fucking deal like my first year of college um this was i think the first movie i ever saw pirated before like like through the internet like i i had owned tons of bootleg discs over the years but this was the first time someone used the internet to bring a feature-length film into their home and, and then show it to me on their computer before is my like across the hall roommate in college but anyway this is final fantasy 7 advent children i don't like this movie at all i think it's garbage <laughs> on an aesthetic level on a technological level pretty incredible for for the standards of the time um, but this uh, this box set is beat to shit. I didn't own it, so I can't be held responsible for its its condition. But it also included like a bunch of these like picture type photo things, kind of similar to the Crimson Peak situation. And then there's also discs as well. And uh, it's kind of funny actually, because similar to the RoboCop situation, as fancy as this fucking box is, this version of the movie is now defunct because there's like an extended version that was released several years after the fact or something. So it's like, cool. I have a big box on my shelf. Right. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't pay for it. <laughs> like, and it looks nice kind of. Um, but yeah, I guess that's all of mine. Um, anyway, uh, great, great job, everyone. This was a fantastic episode. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Good. No, but, uh, like thanks all around like thanks brad for always helping me out from month to month i really appreciate having a buddy to to carry out this project with because like i said this isn't this is not easy to do talking into a mic by yourself so thanks again <laughs> bud i really happy appreciate to do it, it. <laughs> and uh brian michelle thanks thanks again for for showing up like i, I really appreciate having a chance to to chat with both of you um like i i really am a fan of of your project like of your podcast so it was really thrilling to me to have an opportunity to actually get to know you a little bit oh thank you thank you Uh, yeah yeah we really appreciate that and yeah i've like i said i've uh been listening to some catching up on cinema and uh really enjoying the show as well so uh thanks for inviting us to come on it is (laughs) it's really great to be able to jump in with some other people who kind of do some of the same kinds of things we do you know so yeah no i i think of this this particular aspect of of our show is is like a 
a nice platform to to like justify having a movie right. collection <laughs> like for me yeah. it's like every once in a while you know you're like oh man i have a lot of fucking movies <laughs> like, like, i don't know if this is good for me man <laughs> but then you know it's it's nice to have an outlet to like you know express some of some some of the passion somewhere mm-hmm. so yeah so, totally. so hopefully Definitely. you guys had fun doing that but um before Definitely. we go though uh uh let's let's go around the horn like let's let the folks at home know where we can find everybody so uh brian michelle you want to let us know where where you can find uh you and your podcast yeah uh you can find me on twitter uh at brian d kuiper um and i you know my writing sort of lives there too um if you i i write for bloody disgusting and uh manor vellum are the two main uh places i write for regularly uh so uh that stuff is there if you're interested in horror writing and is most of what i do right now um though we'll see looking to branch out and do more um and uh yeah go ahead michelle and then we'll Um, we can do the show (laughs) (laughs) i'm just i'm at michelle in agan on twitter i'm mostly talking about jcvd that's right (laughs) i've only seen one of his movies so far Uh, which one uh blood sport i mean that's, that, that's a good place to start for sure yeah mm-hmm. and that was michelle's <laughs> suggestion last year so yeah yep. but but um, you got you got a lot of homework though i did i do <laughs> i do catch up on i gotta watch hard target that's that's yeah, the you hard do. target yeah. yeah um so anyway our show uh you can also find on twitter at movie life pod uh and you can find the movies for life podcast um on Apple wherever. and Spotify and wherever else. Very nice. Uh, Please listen to us. We're fun. <laughs> <laughs> we, swear we swear we're fun. We're cool. We're, fun. we're, we're cool, cool people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brad. Uh, give give us your plugs. Where can we find you and your awesome podcast? Yeah, so uh, mine's the Cinema Speak podcast. Uh, same thing on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find your shows. Uh, I'm on Twitter at the Cinema Speak, on Instagram Cinema Speak Podcast, on YouTube as Cinema Speak, and you can just find me on the web at cinemaspeak.libsyn.com. Yeah, always glad to hear it, Brad. Uh, you got any uh, YouTube projects in the works at the moment? Uh, I got a few kicking around in my brain. It's just actually getting, uh, you know, set and filming them that uh, is the is the hard part. <laughs> yeah, actually committing and pulling the trigger is always yeah. the hard part. But yeah. I'm looking forward to whatever you put out, whenever you put it out. But um, anyway, uh, folks at home, uh, if, if you'd like to catch up on any of uh, our catching up on cinema content, uh, you can find all of that collected on our website at catchinguponcinema.com. Uh, you can also find me on the social medias on the Instagram at catching up on cinema, as well as the Twitter at catching cinema. So feel free to hit me up at either of those. Uh, and the podcast is available on pretty much every platform you can imagine, including cephalopod. So fucking Google it. And uh, that being said, uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you so much for my lovely guests for showing up today and uh, showing up for a great discussion. And uh, we'll catch you next time.